Welcome to the Underappreciated Movie Podcast, where four friends discuss movies that they love, but nobody else does. Hello. Welcome back. I'm Elaine. I'm Carly. I'm John. I'm Tony. Each of us has picked a specific movie genre. I have horror thriller. I have science fiction fantasy. I have drama and romance. I have action adventure. We take turns selecting from a movie genre, movies that, in our opinion, have not received the respect they deserve. You won't see any of these films on anyone's top of the list. He's looking at it, and he had to, and he fucking couldn't read it. Anyway, that doesn't apply to this one, because this is for John's birthday pick. Wait a minute. This is the final John birthday pick. This is. Let me enjoy this. The last. Hey. The last. You may act- proceed. It's the last episode in a two-month-long birthday streak. No more birthday picks until February. Yeah. <laughs> wow. It's a long time. So we have some time to think? <laughs> yeah. Yep, yep. Actually, I have your movie birthday movie picked out already, and I have Carly's next movie birthday picked out already. We well, we already decided we're going to do a three-hour spread. Well, our friends didn't know that, I but might. I still need one for Elaine's birthday, but since that just happened, I have some time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> a little while. <laughs> a little, little while. So, for John's birthday pick. This is Carly's pick for John's birthday. No, Tony's, Tony's pick. Tony's pick. Because <laughs> we were just talking about your next pick. I'm all confused. You just you. Somebody poured Irish cream into my coffee. S H H H H H H. Don't start that shit. It's a callback from a prior episode. Don't start it. I hate that. You've been doing that for days. I don't like it. Please stop. So today's pick is Demolition Man, 1993. The IMDb has it at 6.7, and Rotten Tomatoes has 61%, mm-hmm. but the meta score is 34. So that's how we're getting in there. We're going to sneak it in under the Metacritic. Yeah. Okay. And 61%. Come on, it's 1%. 1%. You can, you can it's judge like it. that one minute that makes the difference oh. between um, mean, Tony like, liking a movie it. or hating a movie. Exactly. It's like you looked at it and it was 60%, then you looked another day and it was 61 because some, some schmuck went yeah. ruined the curve. Yeah. Was that schmuck named John... Anthony Scavernell Jr. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> All right, so this was directed by Marco Brambilla, who did Dinotopia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he did. Oh, wow. I, I think I have a vague memory of that movie. I never saw it. <laughs> it was written by Peter Lenkin, who did Magnum P.I., MacGyver, and Hawaii Five O. but calm down because it's the new ones. Oh, no. I was going to say, wow, <laughs> really good. <laughs> and, he, and he did R.I.P.D. in 24, a few episodes. Jesus. R.I.P.D. I did see Elaine R.I.P.D. liked R.I.P.D. I did. Maybe it I'll was. pick that next, and it then was. we'll all have to watch it. It was terrible. <laughs> I enjoyed it. It was Well, you can't ridiculous. pick it now, because I just said it's terrible, and there was, there's no there's no. Surprise. I like making you watch movies you hate. I know. That's mean. I make you watch movies you like. I made you watch Thor ooh, Ragnarok. Ooh, I'll do it in October for Halloween. Mm. Oh, there you go. We still have writers. Uh, there's Robert <laughs> Keanu. I don't know. Keanu? But he, but he did Action Jackson. Good and, movie. And uh, uh, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have Daniel Waters. He did Welcome Back to the Podcast. He did Heathers, Hudson Hawk, Bat- Batman Returns, The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. The Adventures of Ford Fairlane. <laughs> Mr. Rock and Roll Detective. <laughs> that movie is... Wait, where is it? Dog. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's starring Andrew Dice Clay. What did you expect? We recently watched A Star is Born, finally, and Andrew Dice Clay plays her dad. 
And it was so wow. weird to see Andrew Dice Clay, your As old dad. Acting. <laughs> well, yeah. acting, yeah. Acting. And he actually kind of looks like Lady Gaga. They look very similar. So it was well, not... Well, he didn't have his, his, his shtick on. You know, he always has, like, the dark glasses and the hair and the sideburns. He just looked like a regular person. He just looked like somebody's dad. And coincidentally, kind of looks like he could be Lady Gaga's dad. It's too you, bad The Adventures of Ford Fairlane is... Dog track. <laughs> Would you stop at the button? Have you seen A Star is Born? No. It doesn't. It won't work for us here because I think it did really well. I mean, it the did. song yeah, is still getting plenty of rotation, yeah. but it was a good flick. We watched mm. Bohemian Rhapsody one night, and then A Star Is Born the next night. Which and the music better. was so much better in Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> like, I overall, I enjoyed Bohemian Rhapsody better, but I feel like that's getting worse reviews. We might be able to do that on the podcast. <laughs> I don't think so. Didn't they win like a fucking Oscar? I don't know. Just because someone wins an Oscar, Oscar doesn't mean know. it does good. But I think I like Bohemian Rhapsody that's better true. too because you know the characters. Yeah. So you already have, like, a relationship to him. Like, I didn't know shit about A Star Is Born. We didn't know. Like, I knew it was a remake. We yeah. didn't know that it was remade, like, three, four times. It, oh, right. It was made. That's, this is, like, the fifth A Star Is oh, Born. Wow. They just keep the original a sw- one yeah, was from 1935. They just keep taking a swing. I bet they did different uh, songs. Because I looked it up. Because I knew it, it was yeah. a Streisand movie, but it was also a Judy Garland movie. Oh. And then there was somebody else. And then there was the one. I want to see the Judy Garland movie. Yeah. I want to see the Streisand movie. I like Chris Christopherson. Welcome back, Funkin'. <laughs> um, from Balade. And the most important writer wrote the prologue for this film, Fred Decker. Little guy wrote a little movie called uh, Monster Squad. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Tony was like, Fred Decker wrote part of this. And I was like, am I supposed to know who that is? And he got all offended. It's like, Monster Squad! <laughs> yes. You're supposed to know who that is. He was, was the like, one who wrote the... One day the, I just got to memorize all the people who It came out of this man's brain, the Wolfman <laughs> had nards. All <laughs> uh, right. What? What are you looking at? None of your business. We're talking. Carry on talking about Nards. We're having a silent conversation. <laughs> so originally, the movie was supposed to start. You do that. The movie was supposed to start with Sylvester Stallone frozen and just wakes up, and we kind of just get a tidal wave of exposition. Fred Decker came in and said, "No, you have to show them as cops, as a cop doing his cop stuff before we do that, so people will get into this character." So mm. that, that's why he wrote the prologue. And it wouldn't have been as impactful. Like, you would have been like, what's wrong with this guy when he woke, if you didn't see yeah. the... The whole beginning. But I gotta tell you, like, just like I told Tony, when he said, you gotta write this, I wrote this prologue, he was like, let's add a couple million to the budget because yeah. that prologue looked expensive. Yeah. <laughs> there was a lot of things on fire. <laughs> I mean, including just random buildings in the, in the fucking aerial shot. <laughs> now, wasn't it also that Jean-Claude Van Damme and... Steven Skull was supposed to be in there. Yes. There's a lot of, like, from what I saw, there was lots of switches on that. It was, yeah, at one point, Jackie Chan was supposed to be in it, and it was all kinds of people. Well, but Jackie Chan was supposed to play Simon Phoenix, but... He didn't want to be a bad guy? Yeah, they weren't allowed to play bad guys or something because it would ruin his... Because he, he was the biggest pers- actor in the world yeah. over in Hong Kong? Also, Jean-Claude Van Damme and Steven Seagal were supposed to do it, but Jean-Claude was supposed to be Simon Phoenix, and he wanted to be the good guy, and Steven Seagal would not agree to switch. So then that's why they didn't do it. Yeah, Yeah, I think that Van Damme would have been a good Simon Phoenix. I think Seagal would not have been a good Simon Phoenix. I don't think think those two in a movie together wouldn't work. He's not. He wouldn't wouldn't be charismatic enough. Like, when you look at Van Damme in uh, Expendables 2, he could have took that character, upped it a little bit, and he'd be fine. Well, this movie has, <coughs> excuse me, this movie's starring, sorry, Sylvester <laughs> <coughs> Stallone. I don't think that Van Damme, while Tony coughs, I don't think Van Damme was able to a- act with that much charisma at that time in his career. Like, Expendables 2 Van Damme is way later. That's true. Like, true. early Van Damme can barely well. speak this English. This was what year was this, 93? Yeah. 
2012. This was um, what movie did he? This was after Kickboxer. This was what this was right before Double Team that you the, did. Yeah, Double Team. His acting in that was top notch. <laughs> <laughs> Should have won an Oscar for his acting in Double Team. Didn't you pick that? I know. I fucking love that movie, but that doesn't mean that Jean Claude Van Damme was like Lawrence Olivier. Well, he had to he had to bring his acting ability down to the level of Dennis Rodman. Otherwise, oh, it would have been Dennis Rodman outacted Jean Claude Van Damme in every scene they had. Tony, proceed. Okay, so anyways, <laughs> starring in this movie is all welcome back to the podcast. Sylvester Lone. From Rocky. From Rocky Expendables. And also, Guardians Tango of the Galaxy Cash. Mm-hmm. Tango and Cash. Wesley Snipes from Blade. Yeah. Yep. Sandra Bullock from Hope Floats. Mm. Glenn Shadick from Heathers. He's mm-hmm. Otho. Yep. Mm-hmm. And Dennis Leary from Sandlot. Yeah. Jesus. I was like... Who's not a welcome back to the podcast? Dennis Leary? He goes, no, Dennis Leary was in the sandlot. I was like, oh, fuck. I the only welcome, po- welcome back I can think of is Dan Cortez. That's, be- that's because Dennis Leary was the, least, that's the least Dennis Leary character ever written, was the dad, was the stepdad. In but does he get sandlot. a welcome back to the podcast because he plays two different characters in the same movie? No. No? no. And he's, the dude, he's a living callback. The dude who plays the police chief was in 61. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I noticed that he looked familiar, so that's what prompted me to look at. I think I'm remembering him from the blacklist, but then when I was looking at it, I saw that he was also welcome back to the podcast. Well, the budget of this was $57 million, and it made $58 million. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, so it didn't make its money back. That's too bad. Lori Petty, from Tank Girl fame, was originally <laughs> cast in Sandra Bullock's um, part and filmed part of the movie and then quit. She didn't so wait a minute, your go-to Laurie Petty movie is Tank Girl? That's definitely that this podcast. <laughs> Not Point Break. Uh, do you remember when Tony made us watch Tank Girl? Yeah, I do. But does, does the Tank Girl have the birthday Sapa? pick for me? I think it, was. it was. It was last year's birthday pick. <laughs> Continuing Tony's streak of picking shit birthday picks for everyone except for John. Wait, what, what do you pick Excuse me. I kill giants. I kill giants. Which was amazing. <laughs> Wait, what? You can't see. <laughs> if you're not sure, folks, go back and listen no. to our episode. I on Kill, I Giants Kill Giants was interesting, and I'm glad I watched it. But wait, what was what you picked my birthday last year? Me? Yeah. Uh, anybody remember? remember. No. Yeah. no. See, it was unrememberable, so it could have been that guy. Ouch! Check. <laughs> I can do something awesome. <laughs> uh, also, uh, Rodman started dyeing his hair after this movie. A lot, spe- a lot of people speculate it's because of Simon Phoenix. So welcome back to the podcast, Dennis Rodman's hair. Yeah. That was in the uh, trivia. Yeah. Elaine said that, and I was like, really? That makes sense. So the movie starts out with the standard WB logo. We <laughs> cut to Los Angeles, 1996. The Hollywood sign is ablaze. Sirens and gun sh- gunshots ring out all over the city. Sorry. Right. The Rundown. That was a good flick. Mm. <laughs> that was a good flick. Yeah. And Please yours, True Romance. Boom. Tank Girl. I hated True Romance. You're the only one on earth that Um, does. I fucking hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. <laughs> I believe I gave that the highest of yays. Yes. The highest of yays. The highest of yays. There's only a couple movies that have been higher, and that's like Big Trouble Little China. And Tango and Geish. Tango and Geish. Mm-hmm. Because right? that movie's good. Holly Davidson, mm-hmm. the Marlboro Man. That's what I hear. <laughs> well, we catch up with the LAPD. Um, they have vehicles driving through this wasteland of ruined cars and destroyed buildings. 
they all lead up to a huge main building. Uh, there's a helicopter above. <clears throat> a pilot mentions that commercial flights aren't even allowed to fly over LA anymore. And then we, f we finally catch up with Stallone. Is that pilot named Zach Lamb? Yes. Okay, just checking. John Spartan comes into the pilot's cabin. It's a good name. Drops an exposition bomb that Simon Phoenix has kidnapped a busload of hostages. The chopper hovers over the building. Gunfire is unloaded on the helicopter but can't hit it for some reason even though it's not moving. It's not moving. It's wearing plot armor. Oh, okay. And then I was like, all right, so he jumps out and the helicopter's going to explode here any second. Yeah, but they just have like fire like going straight at it. and nobody. If they were shooting it. for shit, they wouldn't get a whiff. Yeah. And then John Spartan basically bungee jumps out of it and lands on the roof. Because it was the 90s and that's what you did. Yep. <laughs> and that looked painful, that. He says, yeah. start where the rope stopped. <laughs> and he did yeah. He says, send a maniac to catch one and jumps out of a helicopter out of bungee cord. He's immediately engaged by villains on the roof, and, um, dodges gunfire, and drops bad guys where he finds them, all the while moving deeper into the compound. Uh... Someone inside walks up, walks around stabbing fuel barrels and uh, lets them basically pour out gas. I guess it's gasoline all over the ground. Mm. Um, then Spartan comes in. He finds Phoenix in the center. Uh, Phoenix uh, seems to be snorting some booger sugar. I believe as, that's, uh, that's the, usually the term. Yeah. <laughs> Catching some rails. And at his feet is a butane blowtorch. Spartan tells him he's under arrest, obviously, and wants to know where Phoenix has stashed the passengers. And he goes, they're, um, fuck you! Yeah, basically. <laughs> he says, this is between us. And then he lowers the burning torch to the ground, just short of lighting it. He taunts Spartan while realizes the whole... F and then Spartan realizes the whole floor is covered by gasoline. Set your ass on fire. Phoenix lights up a cigarette. Is it getting cold in here? Or is it me? And throws it at Spartan's feet. So we have a few contenders for best line, like, right <laughs> off the right. bat. <laughs> and they're all from Simon Phoenix. And Fred Decker. Yeah, him too. <laughs> Phoenix starts. <laughs> Wolfman's got nards. <laughs> Phoenix starts to Joker laugh as the whole room goes up. Spartan dives over the flames and a table grapples with Phoenix. Uh, they start to brawl as the L LAPD smash through the like surrounding gates, and uh, they start start shooting all of Simon Phoenix's uh, minions because that's what they do in 1996 LA. It's on fire. Spartan continues to beat on Phoenix, but uh, he won't tell him what happened to the bus passengers. And then uh, Spartan sees that there's more explosives set around him, a barrel of C4. I don't know how that works, but... That's a lot of explosives. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he grabs Phoenix and carries him, uh, fireman carries him on his shoulder, and they run, basically runs out of the building. As yeah, the whole thing with that explodes. much C4, you're going to have to leave the state. <laughs> well, they kept talking about the big one of 2010. This should have been the big one of, what, 1996? Mm -hmm. Because well, also, LA is no more. <laughs> you can take um, C4 and throw it in fire. It's not going to explode. Yeah, that's why I was wondering what is the bucket of C4. You gotta have a, a okay. First of all, charge. people don't actually know that. Second of <laughs> all, this is a nineteen. They would if they watched Burn Notice. Movie. Yeah, but Burn Notice didn't come out until the two thousands, and this was ninety three. You know, it would be a great podcast, the Burn Notice podcast. Is that a thing yet? No, <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, probably. No. Everything <laughs> episode by episode for Burn Notice. Yeah, probably. Probably. Mm -hmm. Well, you'd have to put yogurt in the title of your podcast. Well, last time we, we did that, what were we talking about? Oh, it was 90210. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this podcast for that? There was like seven. Yeah. There's podcasts for everything. Mm. At least. Well, once the dust settles, 
Riggs and Murtaugh's captain shows up <laughs> starts dropping more exposition on see, us. See, what's funny is it is their captain, and later in the movie, there's a poster yeah. for Lethal Weapon 3 in the movie, so I was like, wait a minute, is this an actor playing him? <laughs> yeah, or I don't understand. Is this a shared universe? Or, um, yeah, so the usual, you aren't supposed to go after Phoenix, blah, 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 blah. You blow up everything. You're the demolition man, blah, blah, blah. What's the music this time? the bus passengers. Yeah. It's like, they're not here. Then this other guy helpfully runs in. There's bodies all over the place. Yeah, and the captain's pissed. How do you like? How do you know the hostages weren't in there? Spartan says he did a thermo scan, which I didn't see him do that, but did a thermo scan with what equipment? <laughs> he came down with a gun and a bungee cord. <laughs> Unless he did it on the helicopter, but we should. It, it would have helped if we saw a little clip of it. Yeah. Although never did I think he should be held responsible for the deaths of those passengers, but <laughs> yeah, he didn't. He didn't make the building explode. Simon Phoenix made the building yeah. explode. I, I mean, don't if see they how hadn't he got gone in there, maybe you know what would have been the cor- the trial for this would have been interesting. Yes. With Simon Phoenix as a witness, how did he charm or buy off that jury? <laughs> yeah, I just have a hard time seeing him getting convicted. Fired, sure. Yeah. Sure, he's gonna get fired for this because he shouldn't have went in there. Yada, and you yada, can yada. tell the forensics but he didn't then kill was not people. what it is today because today been, they would have been like these people also, were dead before the fire. <laughs> yeah, as you say, also the forensics people would say these people have been dead before they burned to death. There'd be enough of one like, of them. The, uh, Thirty this, people. This one has holes. Or maybe in it. <laughs> yeah. maybe the whole case hinges on the fact that he told the captain he did the thermo scan, but when they checked the helicopter, they find out the thermo scan thing didn't even have the batteries in it. So there's no <laughs> way. Maybe that's how. See now, Lane, he didn't bother to look. What's funny is Elaine hates fan fiction and she sure loves to write it yes. <laughs> she, she is a good fan fiction writer I just don't care she about your depriving theory. the world oh but your theory she only is cares just about her own theory. No, just fine. I'm just like the internet is nothing but non-stop theories about how people think it'd be better when you're having a discussion with someone and they tell you their theory then it's interesting but I don't need 65 fucking posts I also <laughs> if your theory doesn't end with Kylo Ren and fucking what's her name Why married and having little Jedi babies I don't want to hear it <laughs> The double R, I'm all about it. I really wish they stopped making Star Wars movies, but they paid like a billion dollars for that. That's never We're going to get one of those every year for Somebody's the rest of our lives. A Raylo fan. Yeah. Yeah, I am. So anyway, um, just as one of the cops, like Elaine said, there's bodies everywhere. Phoenix says, well, I told Spartan, but they were inside, but he didn't care. And he just blew everything up. Yeah, because that's a credible witness. And the chief says, you want to call a lawyer. This trial, was, I, this trial, that would have been a court of yeah. drama. So, this is yeah. a yes. <laughs> court of drama, I want to see. about to get to it, but um, dude, man, Mr. Spartan is sent to jail for 70 years because of, I, I don't know, I don't 40, understand. Uh, I can't 40 do. counts however, of involuntary manslaughter. However, old uh, Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. is only sent for like 30 years. <laughs> <laughs> Kidnapping. That's... That's, yeah, but, but he like owned this. He was the crime lord and yeah, the show is rap sheet and you can't finish it within the movie's time limit because <laughs> it keeps scrolling. But he got You're, half the time. You're correct, but he got you know why? forty because counts of involuntary officer. manslaughter. So even if he got like a year and a month for each person, that's that's a lot. Yeah, because he was a police officer and they come down on cops. I was just like, what? <laughs> so next we see Spartan in custody. 
Uh, he's brought into a large freezing chamber and sentenced to 70 years in suspended animation. Wearing nothing but a very uncomfortable rain poncho. What, like, what the hell is that outfit? <laughs> you know, I told he the has to take the, the rain poncho off before he yeah. gets frozen. What is the point of the plastic suit if you don't even get to keep it on? Just put me yeah. in some fucking flannel pajama yeah. bottoms or a bathrobe. Walk him out there naked. It's prison. People see you naked. First of all, second, what, are you going to get cold? You're about to get fucking frozen, bitch. Put your little frozen it's ass like, in the- just like a... A bright orange bathrobe. Prison yeah. issue with your number on it. I mean, what the fuck? Well, see, I went to Planet Hollywood right around this time. Mm-hmm. Well, it was a couple years after this. And they had this block of ice with Stallone in it. Nice. And Which it was like hanging from the thing. Would have been super creepy. Yeah. And so you're trying to eat your $40 hamburger. <laughs> and you look up and there's Stallone frozen. And they have like a, a bathing suit over his man area. Which oh, that's nice of them. You don't want to be eating a hot dog no. and seeing his tallywhacker. No. You'd think they would just make that part extra frosty. Because yeah. why does it need to be anatomically correct? <laughs> why, we, why does he, you don't have to have no Frank and Bean? But no. at this point, I was like, damn, he looks good. How old was he in this movie? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he was he 47. <laughs> yeah. That's the miracle of science, Carly. I was like, he looks you know how in his You know movie. how he looks in Expendables? That's the miracle of, <laughs> <laughs> of drugs. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Was this alone the only guy that you know of that got arrested for bringing steroids into Mexico? <laughs> yeah. And his excuse was, I wanted to make sure I got the good stuff. Yeah. You were like, all right. <laughs> uh, you, I, I don't think you listen to it anymore, but I still listen to uh, Fat Man on Batman. I do, sometimes. It it depends. Mark Bernard got to interview Sylvester Stallone, and it was really cool because he was like, it was something like he was interviewing him, and normally after an interview, you know, the the guy's like, look, I got to go to blah, 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 or whatever, but I think his blah, blah, blah was canceled. So he's like, we can hang out for a little bit. He's like, yes. (laughs) And he said he's telling him all these cool-ass stories of, uh, you know, um, That time he shot up steroids in his mouth. (laughs) Like Apollo and stuff. But he said the one thing that he does feel bad about is like he said he watched like Avengers Endgame or whatever I'm paraphrasing I don't remember exactly what he said but he's like I watched Avengers Endgame and you know I see Chris Helmsworth get smashed by Thanos against a rock and thrown over a building and all this kind of shit and he goes but I know Chris Helmsworth probably wasn't even there that day because it's all CGI or an right. actor he goes but if you watch my movies that's me. Says, <laughs> now I'm 70 years old and I can barely move because in all these movies I was thrown and smashed and broken and I was thinking, I was like, yeah. And then I remember Carly saying in Expendables he got like a metal plate put in his spine yeah. or something. Of course, that movie's newer and they probably right, right. could have done it with CGI. But, he's just so, but every, nobody in that movie thought that he's CGI He's on so many yeah. drugs he can't feel that yeah, so anyway. He can barely walk because in 1993 he jumped out of a helicopter with a bungee cord up his ass. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That looks so painful. You yeah, can see looks... where that cord stopped and he just kept so, up. Like, it takes a long time for your body to, to recover from being cryo-frozen for a movie role. <laughs> there is that. Uh, so either way, he got uh, involuntary manslaughter for 30 civilians, and he's eligible for parole in 2046. They place uh, metal discs on his chest and on the side of his head to monitor his bio signs. And when he's something. frozen, Captain yeah. America style. They say something about this is going to alter his behavior with suggestion or some kind of techno babble bullshit. They're going to do like prison rehabilitation through. I guess like the Matrix kind of. They uh, put stuff in Like his putting head. these messages. Suggestive yeah, things. Yeah. Yeah. They're like hypnosis <clears throat> or some weirdness. I don't know. It doesn't work. When you're sleeping and you use suggestions, it doesn't always work. I've been telling Elaine for the last couple of days, like, you mean, give me endgame. You mean, it's not <laughs> like it in the episode of Friends? Where he's trying to quit smoking? Yeah. <laughs> that was so wonderful. That's one of my favorite episodes. I am a strong, confident a strong woman. woman. <laughs> I just love him coming out of the bathroom with the towel on his head. So, 
We'll talk about Chandler if you want. Sure. Uh, no, Miss Chandler Bong. Thank you. Miss <laughs> Chandler. So Spartan gets into a plastic pit thing, and the top closes. And he tells Chewbacca to take care of the princess. <laughs> and then a large uh, says, container. Says, I love you. And he says, I know. <laughs> large containers filled with this clear goo. And uh, the small s- cylinder thing has a like, glowing blue dot in it. Um, Looks and, like dark matter. Yeah. It, when it opens, it drops into the pool. And then the whole thing freezes solid. It has to be dark matter because that's the only explanation why one glowing drop of blue <laughs> freezes everything like liquid nitrogen. It's called Ice Nine. Tony, you've heard of Ice Nine, haven't you? All the time. Ice Nine is one of those things they put in movies. Ice Nine is as soon as this particle touches water, mm-hmm. all water freezes instantly. Mm-hmm. Since all water is interconnected, the entire world becomes an iceberg. It's like, it's like unobtainium. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those things they just drop in shit. So we, we jump ahead later we, and we see that it's August 2nd, 2032. Spartan's still chilling. So... We meet Leanna, Leanna, Leona, Leanna, 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 Leona, Huxley, Lieutenant Huxley. <laughs> She's in LA. Lelina Huxley. Sandy. I thought it was Lelina, but I don't know. Lelina I thought it was Huxley. Leona. It's L-E-N-I-N-A, Leanna or something. Lenina. Lenina. Lenina Huxley. We'll go anyway. She's in the SAPD of the future. She's uh, video calling the Cairo the Cairo prison from her self-driving car. And she has to do that every day to check on the warden. I thought she had to do it every Monday. What I feel bad is this warden's the same warden. He was, well, he was assistant warden in 96 in 2032. For 40 years. <laughs> so it's like, dude, you've been here for 40 years doing the same job minimum because you, you probably worked there longer than that to get assistant well, warden. Well, it's like he says, it's a very cushy, very easy job. None of the yeah. prisoners are causing you any That's trouble. True. They're all frozen. We're just sitting around reading magazines. <laughs> it, it does it does bother me the city budget on police and and jail uh, guards when, when there's nothing no happens and there's no prison. I mean, I know, there's a some... lot of police officers for no reason. Yeah, they're all just kind of hanging out. And then the the guards, there's like fifty guards, but I'm like, for what? <laughs> Keep the temperature cold. I guess. <laughs> I guess they wouldn't need really guards. They would need like HVAC guys. Yeah, HVAC. <laughs> So, have a bunch of them. <laughs> yeah. Because what if the power goes out? These guys are going to start to melt. Yeah. <laughs> Maintenance guys, they just mount, monitor everything. There you go. It's a big one. A 2010 might have knocked the power for a minute. <laughs> so the warden says it's fine, as always. Prisoners are all frozen anyway. Uh, she's very disappointed. She Be wishes, well. She wishes there was some stimulation. <laughs> warden, like I said, warden wishes her be well and continues with his morning parole hearings. Tony goes... So they have to unfreeze these guys for parole hearings and then just freeze them back up. <laughs> what is that, that the right like answer that gets you parole? I guess, I guess that's what you teddy do bear. You work there. The right answer is teddy <laughs> no, bear. No, that's the one that gets you escaped. What is the <laughs> answer that gets you parole? Is it just while you're at your hearing, you accidentally knit the warden a sweater and he goes, you're good. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand these I don't know. I think things. that they should have had this first guy. They should have paroled this guy. Say, yada, 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 you've been here, you were charged with this, and we see that your behavior is modified, you are good to go. Well, because later in the movie, they, the guy starts to, exp- well, not much later, but he starts to explain to Snipes the, how the parole system works, but Snipes pisses him off, so then we don't get to hear it. So I was pissed, because it sounds like they, something changed. Mm-hmm. But I was like, whatever. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so on the way to the police station, we see um, the, around the... Uh, police station there's like a small grassy area and um this 
metal arm or something pops Cylinder. out and uh, sprays graffiti all over the wall of, um, what is it? Not Utopia City. What was it? It's San Angeles. No, but there's a sign. The name of the oh. square is something silly. Oh, like, I don't uh, know. Either way, they spray some graffiti on it that says life is hell. Um, EF, and it is very 1990s um, graffiti. Yeah. And it's not very good. No. <laughs> and, the, and then... But, well, it was just a, a can all by itself. It's not like a person did it. Yeah, it should have been a lot better. Like mm-hmm. CGI in fucking 2032 would have been like top notch computers and shit. Oh yeah, like that iPad that was a fucking picture frame and <laughs> a green screen. It was a picture frame with like a whole it was you, like a two inch backing. It's like, yeah, they like, really nailed it. Like somebody's has that picture frame in their house with their wedding photo in it and they're using it in demolition. You know, it's probably Stallone's from one of his fucking marriages. Oh, wait, 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 wait. It was the frame from him and uh what's her name? Na- and Bridget Nielsen they got divorced, so he's like, here I got this, use <laughs> You're complaining. You do know that in Phantom Menace, um, Liam, not Liam Neeson, yeah, Liam Neeson has a woman's razor and that's his communicator. You're saying that like I have argued how great I mean, <laughs> Phantom Menace is every single day of my life. Like, no, I don't my know argument is they use dumb shit as props in movies all I know, the time. It's fucking funny. I heard Game of Thrones had a Starbucks cup in it. Yeah, that was an accident, though. Yeah. That, that, was, uh, that makes it twice as funny. Somebody got fired over that. You know they did. No one noticed it. They came out and they were like, oh shit, edit that out. I'm like, no, leave it in. (laughs) It's just part of the deal. Somebody got fired for that. You know it. It, Yeah, yeah, it was the last season and they had already shot the episodes. I don't think they gave a shit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, there's that too. Um, So anyway, the uh, sign has these weird metal things that pop out of it and uh, shoot lightning all over it. Immediately clean the wall. Burns all the graffiti off of it. And it's a periscope is what I called it. And then it pops back down. Um, Dennis Leary is watching through this periscope thing. He sees a food delivery truck come up and, uh, he says, okay, so it's going to be back in 12 hours and they're planning this big raid so they can go run and take all the food out of it. Food, glorious food. So they're using this graffiti thing as a distraction. So, so everybody's paying attention to that yeah. and they won't see him and his friends popping up and watching something else. Ooh, who's going to tell the Taco Bell Pizza Hut thing? Go ahead. Okay, Maybe you should tell it when we get to Taco Bell. Well, you can see they're looking at Taco Bell now. We'll get to it. Well, Huxley goes into the police station. Stay tuned, friends. She checks in with Rob Snyder <laughs> and talks to a couple other officers. He says, it's been an outrageous morning. Uh, someone sprayed graffiti on a public sign. Huxley wants to know why all cars weren't on all cars. Bulletin wasn't sent. Excuse me. Got marbles in your mouth? Maybe. <laughs> 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 the chief says because it would be uh, cause uh, citywide panic for no reason because they didn't need to do anything they just sat there while the thing fixed itself yeah. but she's so <laughs> maybe they for pushed a to button to make that happen maybe why did they have a job well you have to have somebody i'm guessing that that's the entire like the city police department that's all of them yeah 12 people more of them than they need <laughs> So For now, nobody's so committed a crime in 16 see, years. And here's my question. No, there hasn't been a murder death kill in 16 years. That doesn't mean that nobody's committed a crime. Well, this is San Angeles. is, is mm-hmm. evidently a utopia now of, yeah. of, of whatever. What's the rest of the country like? Well, that's what I wonder, but because in certain parts of the movie, I can't remember exactly, but there, there are parts that make it sound like the whole world is like this now. 
But then there's also parts of the movie where they say that Cocteau or whatever his name is mm-hmm. made this. Yeah. But just the city. Yeah. So are all the cities their own little countries and they have their own little Cocteau? Or Maybe. Or Cocteau make the whole world like this? Or Well, two things. One, at one point Simon Phoenix time for a lame fan fiction. wants to get thought some more bad guys. Mm-hmm. And he says, but none of those fuckers from New York. They're so we they're too uptight. So we. So why would there be New Yorkers in the San Angeles? Well, we don't know. He just wanted to shit talk New York because this right. is the '90s when the East Coast West Coast beef was out. Okay, peak. good. Thanks for clearing that up for me. But we second, also we also don't know if there is still New York. He's well, just saying that he doesn't know. He's been frozen. Second thing, we know there was the big one of twenty of ten of twenty ten. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I've seen it. <laughs> California actually broke off from the United States, and now it's a separate country. There you go. So California got no love. That would make sense actually. <laughs> they do say that that could happen. <laughs> well, no, that not that's it's gonna happen eventually when the California's gonna break off. Well, so we're gonna go. It's with not, that's what happens. It's not ever actually gonna break off. There'll just be a big crevice that will fill with water. But because every, we don't know when, because there's be that much more because there's no property. part of the Earth that isn't actually covered with land, even if it's underwater. You can't actually. It's not gonna break off and float away like a rat. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Alright, fair enough point. I'm just saying, that's not Look, how it works. One of the favorite movies, Volcano. She's, she's talking about it. I did just watch Dante's Pink like a week ago. Alright, well, right, that is a fair point. It's, it's not, it's not going to float away like a turd in a punch bowl. It's, it's going to break off and there's going to be some separation. So either way, the chief explains that we don't need to cause widespread panic because of graffiti. And he's a little concerned that Lieutenant Huxley longs for chaos and violence. And he thinks it's because he's like, she's look, I listened to your conversation with the warden, and I found that disheartening. And Tony goes, what I found it disheartening that you're listening to my fucking conversation. And so he doesn't have anything else to do. That's true. <laughs> well, he's true. probably got to review all of his officers' interactions. Also, yes. he does not seem like he should be the police, of, the chief of police. This character is evil. <laughs> <laughs> he does need a monocle. He's fucking evil oh, and like I the chief of police like I hate this character. Um he should be a character like Benjamin Bratt who's just stupid and naive. All the cops should pretty much be that way. I love how dismissive of Benjamin Bratt Sandra Bullock is in this movie, but then is obsessed with him in um Miss Congeniality. <laughs> that movie is great. <laughs> yeah, it's not. But now that I'm thinking about it, the chief of police dude is older, so he was around before the oh, big one. That's one of the big dead. problems. He with remembers the real a lot crime. Of these people are not as, that old. But. As much as he, I know they should have made it further in the future, but yes. as much as he like hates on John Spartan, we are getting way ahead of Tony here. No, no. Um, he has no reason to. He was an adult back then. Yeah. He knows exactly what it was yeah. like. Yeah. But I mean, <laughs> he, well, he's, he's been woke seen now. Some yeah. shit. He should be more under. He should be trying to explain to her why some shit is bad rather than this evil fucking character. We'll come back. We're going to circle back to this topic okay. multiple times. We know times. who the lane's leash are. Turn her back around a minute. It's Cocteau. And Lieutenant Huxley is an expert on the 20th century. She apologizes and goes she's, to her she's office. Not really, an expert. She's We're going to circle uh, back to that too. I have some things to she's say an here. Expert in that the way she's Ron Weasley's dad is an expert. <laughs> yeah, expert right. Muggles. <laughs> well, she's an expert in the nineties. The like, Little Mermaid. Watching that, going, why would she be obsessed with the nineties? And then you then you look at it now, like it's twenty nineteen, and people and are obsessed, obsessed with the nineties. It's like, huh? Never mind. Should I stand up so everybody can admire my mom jeans? Which are currently back in style. No, I'm going to go get my 3D Doritos and I'll be right back. <laughs> and you can get a Waterworld shirt on. And some Dunkaroos, yeah. I, yes. 
I do have a Waterworld t-shirt on. That's right. They made t-shirts for Waterworld. You should get one and listen to well, our very made, first episode. They made t-shirt of it. <laughs> t-shirts. Don't say t-shirts. Shut up. <laughs> Kevin Costner threw his away, so there's only one left. And I own it. Yep. <laughs> so she goes to her office, which is really big, by the way. Yeah. Uh, Jude. Really big. She's well, a she's a lieutenant. Dude, so I don't think so. She should be taking Office's people's badges away. <laughs> she's got a ginormous office with the Red Hot Chili Peppers Blood Sugar Sex Magic fucking CD cover on her wall. Yep. That seems a little inappropriate. Well, well. Also, Benjamin Bratt is about to good come album, in though, I and talk oh, yeah. to her about all the contraband. Yeah, that's really apparently her it's illegal station. for her to have this. <laughs> and she got it in a fucking police station. It's illegal. In, yeah, of course she's a lieutenant. That makes sense. The chief of police is an evil asshole, and he hasn't thrown her in jail, thrown all her stuff away, made her lose her job. What the fuck? This is a dystopian utopia. <laughs> it sure as <laughs> fuck a is. Dystopia. It's a dystopia. <laughs> All right, so she's on her way back to the office. She's upset of the, at the chief, and she, under her breath, calls him an asshole. Sanctimonious asshole. And we find out that there's a profanity monitor that, that finds you Letting on the spot. Like, You'll find one credit yeah. for... Exactly. And it knows who she is? Like, God. Like, transition. How much money? No, I money? know, but if I walked in there and said a cuss word, it would be like, Carly, you are fine. What, like, it's just got uh, my voice. We, which, <laughs> which bothers me later, because Simon Phoenix cusses, and it... It doesn't, fine, say, it doesn't say his name. It says you have been fine. It says you. Yeah. Who the fuck are you finding? Right. You yeah. don't know who it is. It's like if someone else drives your car through a, a toll. Yeah. How do you get a fine? But for? every time John Spartan does it, knows who he is. Because they implanted well, they it with him. that chip. He's got a and chip. And Simon Phoenix doesn't have a chip. So they recognize We're someone is swearing, but not who it is because he doesn't have a chip. How, many, how much money do you think you'd be out a day if we had this <laughs> swearing Jesus. system? Well, I don't really understand the credit if system. One is credit, it credit a doll? Oh, wow. I don't we'll think say, Well, let's say we'll it's say one for one. Let's say how many credits? How many credits do you think you would owe per day? Ooh, I think we should have a we should do a thing. Tomorrow <laughs> everybody's going to plan this in That would have been fun if we had done it yesterday. <laughs> Tomorrow I'm everybody go with at least 25. <laughs> you know, what's funny I, is I you're going to say or more. You're going to say, "Oh, 25, but it was really like 75 and 50 of them you just didn't even oh, know." I don't even know. <laughs> that's the but thing. But I will say one thing that's awesome about this fucking movie is <laughs> you have is, to find one credit. There's so many scenes in this movie where somebody will cuss just in a normal thing and you'll hear like in the background, <laughs> just somewhere, and it's so fucking. That's one of my favorite parts of this movie. Is the they don't miss it. Like the only time it doesn't is like when there's a couple places they go that you know there would. Like when they're outside. they're outside. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, but it's fucking if, fucking. Once awesome. school starts back up, I do it a lot less. That was just like year. five. I'm very good yeah, during the school year. <laughs> you would have toilet paper. Oh. If you're on a work day during the school year, I might only get ten. But in the summer, hanging out with friends. Ooh. I mean, Ooh. I would get less wine we'll get a at work when I'm at home. Carly, and that's fifty bucks right there. <laughs> oh man! Even at work, even when I'm trying not to swear, I still probably get at least five in. <laughs> All right, well, let's keep going. We're thirty-eight minutes. This is a Tony movie. We're on, we're not done yet. <laughs> yeah, but this is interesting. Uh, so, a cop friend, her cop friend Alfredo Garcia, comes in, <laughs> and he's not made of spaghetti. <laughs> and, no, uh, he's check on her. Benjamin Bratt. That's who racist. Had a promising career and then fell Didn't, off the universe. Do you know why? Miss Congeniality. Oh. That movie was good. Yeah, I said no one ever. I said right now. Oh. And I'm a person. I'm not no one. You're not. How hurtful are you? You're not a person. You're the person. Oh. Hurtful. Look, honey, happy little trees coasters. You don't even deserve to buy a bra coaster. Hurtful. 
Well, anyway, uh, Garcia is worried about her addiction to 20th century culture. And she still wishes for some action to happen. He's like, I give you some action. Whoa, he's like, Don't you find this job boring? He's like, No, no. I find my job fulfilling. She's like, I knew you were going to say that. Back at Cairo prison. Cairo? Cryo. 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 Oh, oh, so now, now we're in cryo Egypt. Look, so we know that Egypt exists. Egypt's still a thing? New York. Egypt, yeah, Egypt, New York. And... The warden is having a parole hearing with Phoenix. He explains that. It's pretty much formality. He's not going anywhere. Let's get this one over quick. And uh, Phoenix repeats everything the warden says back to him, but in Spanish. Uh, and the warden gets pissed at that. Which, in the trivia, that's something Wesley Snipes was just doing. Oh, yeah. And they thought it was funny, so they had him do Like, he was just saying, they heard him saying his lines in Spanish, mm-hmm. and they thought it was funny, so they had him do it in the movie. So, Wesley Snipes is the asshole while someone's trying to act to say shit to him in Spanish. It's, I bet that guy did, stop it! And that was <laughs> legit. <laughs> he just yelled at him. And Wesley Snipes smiled like, perfect, keep it. Um, so, Phoenix somehow knows the right password. Uh, do you have cute to say? He goes, yeah, I do. Teddy bear. And uh, all the restraints pop off. Everybody knows the password is Butterscotch. <laughs> or Poughkeepsie. And, uh, Poughkeepsie. I can't speak today, man. Yeah. I should have drank. You're, you're having lots of problems. Yeah. My well, parents bought you that bottle of yeah, I brought scotch. It. The other day I couldn't speak at all. It was like every other word coming out of my mouth was not a real word. And I was like, <laughs> I think I'm having a stroke. Maybe we should call it. On the way here, I couldn't drive. First, I yeah, missed the turn yeah. to go, you better shut up. <laughs> the first, I missed the turn we usually take to come the back way. And then when I circled around to get back to it, I got on the highway going toward uh, Hampton. <laughs> where are you going? <laughs> and as soon as I'm on the on ramp, I'm like, oh, shit, this isn't where I want to. You know. Tony's like, did they move? <laughs> <laughs> it was like, honestly, it was like 2.50. And I'm like, they're not here yet. Because you're usually... Yeah, like five ten minutes early, and I was like, "They're It's because I took weird detours. Because I was like, "Why am I driving? I don't know where I'm going." Apparently. Well, Phoenix jumps out of the restraints, uh, beats up the guards, and then uh, uses a pen to tear out the warden's eye, and uses it to because they have retinal scanners to get around the jail. Because he would know that, yeah. but you don't know why he knows that yet. I know at this point I, I haven't seen this movie in a long long time. We didn't do our thoughts going in, but oh, <laughs> oh reviews! We didn't get to hear reviews. Oh my god, we skipped a lot I of did. shit. My bad. And we're too late to go back <laughs> now. No, I, I have to hear your reviews though. Not I right now, but at the end, at the end, we'll do them at the end. If you have them, please do them at the end. I must know okay. before but we start. I, I remember that some fella of mine in the past made me watch this movie but I don't remember which one so I don't even know how long ago it was because in 1993 I was in third grade it could have been any boyfriend I've had in my life <laughs> so the list, the list is everybody the only man in your life we you. know it's not is your dad because your parents don't watch movies that's <laughs> the truth so it, so, it might have been Tony I honestly didn't know I, I saw it we're sure it I wasn't Tony. Tony but I was like why does he know the? how did he get out and Tony's like just watch the movie it tells you and then I was like oh, I remember <laughs> Got excited. <laughs> ooh, ooh, ooh. So anyway, at the police station, alarms go off. A one eight seven is announced. What's a one eight? The officers don't know what that is. <laughs> Huxley looks it up. It's a murder death kill. The last one happened in twenty ten. Computer zooms in on the Ky- Cryro prison. I don't know. I guess. <laughs> it's a hard word. Cryro prison. Uh, two guards have been murdered, and the warden is fading fast. 
And they're all just sitting there like they don't know what to do. And it's like, life signs dwindling. Life signs. They just watch him die. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they don't really show anything here. He's just like laying on the ground. But still, it's very horrific to watch a person die like that. To be fair, the cryo prison's probably not attached to their building. I understand that. <laughs> but so they no, wouldn't be running out. Not, nobody calls for help. Nobody, they all just sit there and watch. <laughs> they don't know what to do. They're they police officers. They can dispatch an ambulance. <laughs> I'm sure they still have doctors. People fall down mm-hmm. you can't get I, up i'm sure people still accidentally shoot themselves in a the foot with a nail gun i mean come on <laughs> i know you got an ambulance somewhere elaine probably still gonna hit the bed every time she gets up oh my god the other day walk into it every time you vacuum so, <laughs> every time i'm trying to sleep elaine accidentally kicks the bed really hard and wakes me up <laughs> i got up I know that works to go to the bathroom and I came back and I hit the bed so hard I think I broke a toe. Jesus. <laughs> and then she's not quiet about it. She's mad for the rest well, of the day. Well, of He's like, are you okay? And I'm like, fuck no. It's like, no. It's like, those, uh, those I'm full, up now. Full floats and cut them. See, <laughs> John knows I can't get up and walk out of the room without tripping on three things but he doesn't understand why I can't just get up, get dressed and go to work in five minutes. <laughs> I can <laughs> I would kill someone. <laughs> Probably yourself. <laughs> As I run into the barrier on the expressway with yes. my car because I fucking can't move. <laughs> All right. So anyway, the warden dies. <laughs> We're like in the opening credits still, 45 minutes Bob in. Schneider throws up on the floor. Huxley looks up who... Um, who was being paroled that day. It shows a few people, but it's Simon Phoenix. Because... And Mr. Zach Lamb, Lamb, who Zach was Lamb. in that helicopter he in goes, the opening sequence. Phoenix! I was like, oh, I know Simon which one of Phoenix. these prisoners it and was. And then Mr. Exposition goes on a... <laughs> yeah, he's evil in a way that people don't know anymore. That you've never seen. Said. Yeah. Um, Huxley tries to locate Phoenix, but using his personal chip, but he wasn't around then, so he doesn't have he one. Was, he was chilled back in the 20th, but they're sort of low-jacking everybody. Exactly. And How they, would they know what low-jack is? Because yeah. that's not a thing now. <laughs> Well, he would know what Lojack is in 93. But to make the Lojack reference, someone else in the room would have to have gotten that too. Yeah, Yeah, but the people watching the movie in 93 got it. Yeah. It's like when we stopped the podcast, we go, okay, kids, pay phones, (laughs) VHS tapes. So when he says Lojack and everybody, um, Huxley would have been like, what? Well, she might know. Yeah, I'm sure she studied the the 90s. They got to the Lojack section. She might. I don't know. It's right after beepers. (laughs) So another alarm goes off. Phoenix is killed again in a parking garage and stolen a doctor's car. Which, by the way, that doctor's car, they actually made a car like that. Cars like, words are hard. Cars like that now, they're called Elios. Hmm. I mean, they were supposed to make them. I don't know if they actually started production, but they look just like that. I think I read in the trivia that they only had one prototype, so the movie paid to make 13 more. Hmm. Well, Huxley gets the idea to check the, to check the car's locator beacon, and that one does work. Because she's a good cop. That's how she got to lieutenant. She actually is a really good cop. She's not, yeah. For, compared to the rest of them. Well, well the yeah. rest of them are standing <laughs> around going, like, speaking, what yeah. do we do? She, oh, my God. Yeah, she's also, doing something as opposed to whatever has to do with watching. So, good job. Here's the thing. That the old guy, Lamb, that was the helicopter pilot, yeah. has been a cop for 40 years. Yeah. He's the fucking dumbest. Like, he should know what to do. And the chief of police, that dude he's looks been like a cop for, what, 30 years? You should know. You should have had to have done some police work in the past. You would think before this utopia, for, before 2010, when people stopped 
committing crimes. When the earthquake happened and we all just loved each other. <laughs> <laughs> I know it does seem odd that the earthquake happened in 2010 and there's been no crime since the earthquake happened. Because we all know that after a big natural disaster, there tends to be some crime. <laughs> no. Simon Phoenix covers it later and he goes, you can't take people's right to be assholes. Exactly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is why this would never happen. So they find his coordinates and they send uh, the closest patrol cars. Uh, Phoenix Ooh, this shit is the Matrix. Sorry, go. <laughs> Phoenix comes upon a uh, central computer interface where a person's getting their daily affirmations, and uh, Phoenix interrupts. I feel like something like that has happened in a movie, but I can't remember. Like we've talked about a machine that did something like that. You look great today. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he he throws the guy out and hacks into the main server and to his own surprise he goes fuck I'm possessed can I play the accordion too yeah he downloads a bunch of credit credits finds a file on Edgar Friendly that pops up and then he hears a voice in his head that tells him that he has to go kill Edgar Friendly so we see he's been like brainwashed and we see us at Dennis Leary a headshot yeah (laughs) and then it zooms in on his eye and that is a really nice headshot of Dennis yeah I was like he's never looked like that every time I've ever seen him that's not a a crime photo that they would have of him he's clean shaven that's like uh, I'm trying to get the part in the ref yeah this (laughs) is a very interesting scene because John noticed that Wesley Snipes has one blue eye yeah, he has that monochrome thing for the movie. I had to go through all the trivia to look it up whether if that was a Wesley Snipes thing or if Simon Phoenix thing. Absolutely. But it's, yeah. it's Simon Phoenix. Never noticed that. Which is really weird. Like that's just such a random like. You know what? This guy has tricked it on me. <laughs> or how would you say that word? I'm sorry, I can't say it right. If you have that, I apologize. If you're not sure, just go back and watch um, X Men First Class. They yeah. talk about it. It's a mutation, a real groovy mutation. Well, I wish I, I wish I had a picture of like a, like you know how you have signed pictures of, of uh, actors. I wish I had a signed autograph picture of Wesley Snipes from the prologue, where he's got the two different colored eyes, the the orange reverse mohawk, and then the Beetlejuice pants. <laughs> <laughs> this is a movie I was in. We're like, okay. So here's my question. So he broke out of the cryo prison, right? Yeah. And he was wearing that suit made of plastic. Okay. Where did he get these clothes from? <laughs> And of all the clothes that he found in the future, this is what he went yeah. with. Well, everyone dresses Maybe. like Guinan from Next Generation right. or something. I'm like, what is everybody wearing this, this smock with a so weird like, angle hat? Back you yeah. know what? You're so right. It is like Guinan. It is. Or Louis Farrakhan. They're all wearing like, um, well, it's very Japanese-inspired, I guess. That's well, all the, guy, the guys wear like the samurai, like mm-hmm. look like kimono things. But, but really, a lot of the girls are wearing like that Guinan outfit. Yeah, but where did he get um, suspenders? Yeah. Or He's got overalls. So Maybe. Where did he get his overalls in his orange shirt? He found the biggest Maybe. My Buddy doll. That no. Was no. No. Oh, so, here we go. More fan fiction. Oh, oh. <laughs> Maybe. Look, he's got, he knows everything. He probably knows where his box of stuff is stored at the Crowell prison. Because if he ever gets released, they're going to have to give him his stuff back, like Clooney and his tux in Ocean's Eleven. So sure in his fucking box, he's got an orange shirt and overalls. That's not what he was arrested in. He was arrested in the hammer pants. Yes, but... <laughs> this is what, he, but this is the suit he wore to his trial. That's the suit he wore to his trial. That's the suit he wore to his trial. Overalls, overalls with a ar- bright orange fucking shirt. That's that's blaze orange, man. You wear that shit when you go hunting. That is wonderful. It was you know the nineties. You know what I want to put on when I get. Some musty ass forty year old been sitting in a fucking bag overalls. They're probably Levi's and designer. Whoa. I don't know. I don't know. I can't remember overalls. Mm-hmm. I'm not the time it would have been funnier if he was in the plastic suit and he stole this off a mannequin in the museum. Hmm? Yeah, that would have been cool. I'd, I'd have went with that. I'd go with that. 
He could have wore the plastic suit for a Could have been like, that's my shit. And been like, boom. But I got to tell you, I wouldn't want to go anywhere in a plastic suit. I'd rather run around butt booty naked. Because it's hot in there. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're cutting weight for a wrestling tournament. There's no call for a plastic suit. <laughs> so the patrol cars arrive. Uh, six officers get out and they approach Phoenix. They have a little tablet thing. It looks like an iPhone, but yeah. it has a handle on it. It has a handle on it. Maybe like a Nintendo 64 controller. They, did, they didn't know. They were guessing. Yeah. <laughs> and we, so it, it t- the device tells him that with a firm tone, tell the maniac to lie on the ground. Uh, the officer does that. Phoenix laughs that off. <laughs> and uh, the police spread out all around the booth. They're like, oh, he didn't listen. We need more advice. They're like, in a firmer tone and add the or else. Or else. <laughs> that was exactly what not to do. That was not what to Because he goes, or else what? Yeah, because Snipes is just, or Phoenix is just laughing, like looking away or whatever. Then he says, or else. And then, then Phoenix is like, oh, really? Now you have my attention. So he sets off, he hacks into the anti-spray paint thing. Yeah. and the sign's right off to the side of him. And hits the guy with the sign thing, and it's like, him. okay. <laughs> Which, how does electricity get rid of graffiti? Who knows? But, know. look, yeah. I know about tectonic plates. I don't know about this. <laughs> the, the we, all have, we all have our like, special Yeah, you know. There's a person standing there. We can't activate it. And he's like, override. And that dude gets him some shot. Then he jumps on the yeah. rest of the police and pretty much beats them down. I like how in the middle, middle of the fight, two of them get into a car and try to leave. And then he fucking... Oh, super, yeah, yeah. That's he right. superhero landings Through on the, the car and with, like, a rubber-soled shoe, breaks the fucking windshield. Yeah. Takes a guy with one arm, throws him Throws. out the fucking Incredible <laughs> yeah. Hulk. I'm like, oh, that my was, God. That was crazy. Well, yeah. There's a part later where Stallone is complaining about his rehabilitation program as opposed to Simon Phoenix's and says at one point he's stronger and faster. Like, what could they mentally tell you while you were frozen <laughs> yeah. in a popsicle You're that makes you stronger <laughs> and faster? Yeah. It wasn't that as well. See, Stallone got this liquid goo. Uh, Snipes got some, uh, yeah, got the superhero serum in it. <laughs> He's had a drop of Edward Norton's blood in it. Yeah. <laughs> got some superhero serum. Nice. And they got interviewed, you know, after 40 years, he baked. So he, so Phoenix, <laughs> Phoenix beats up all the policemen, and then we get the line that you saw in the trailer. If you remember the trailer, Rob Schneider, he's like, we're police officers. We aren't trained to handle this violence. Ha ha. Big joke. So then uh, Phoenix. This is coming right off the Rodney King stuff. Yeah. Phoenix tears the camera out of the, out of the wall and puts his. The, the police carry these baton things that have like these weird it's a glow rod. Yeah, weird we got. glow like things, and they thing. pretty much just knock anybody out unconscious that they touch. And he touches it and it blows all the cameras out for six blocks. Or something. Goes, and the home <laughs> of the brave. And then for somehow knocks out every camera. Yeah, Sandra ever. Bullock stands up and goes, "He's knocked out every camera for six blocks." How would she know that? I don't know. Because she's that good. And then the next thing she does is say, bring up a camera from the next block over. (laughs) All right. Kids, if you don't know, there used to be a point when TV stopped. And then it would, the last thing that would air is the national anthem. And then it would go to static. Now, see, I did not know that. That's true. But... I did think it was, I was like, okay, they're doing some serious uh, camera piggybacking here. Because if you knock out one, it shouldn't knock out blocks. They're not Christmas lights. (laughs) I guess what they're trying to say is that the electricity went out in the entire area. But 
Well, she doesn't look like that. But then, yeah, immediately they're watching another camera. Right. She goes, it's it's six blocks. This is on like the corner next door. Yeah. (laughs) But whatever. So we're just going to go ahead and leap over that pothole. And and we see. We see. uh, (laughs) We see Phoenix runs out. (laughs) We see Phoenix run out to the street and he sees one of the patrol cars and he sticks the glow rod into the. The gasoline part and it blows the whole car up. <laughs> so, oh, okay, it's capacitance gel, pure capacitance gel. Exactly. So we meet now. We finally meet Doctor Cocteau. He's having a video conference with a group of monitors. I don't know who these people are. Maybe they're people that run the other cities or other parts of the world. I don't, I don't know, know, but they're skyping. Way to go! Yeah. I don't know. They they have to run the other cities. I guess. <laughs> It would have been helpful if there was, like, nameplates. Yeah. The Council of Overlords. Yes. Perhaps. Or Underlords. He's explaining that Edgar Friendly is the real enemy in all of this chaos. Because of all the spray paint. (laughs) Yeah, so Otho comes in. He explains (laughs) that... I um, I don't think his name is Otho. It's It's Bob. It's always Otho. Bob, the hair. Pick a color. (laughs) (laughs) He explains to Cocteau that Phoenix... Phoenix has escaped. Cocteau gets on the video phone, talks to the police chief. Chief explains that Phoenix was incredibly aggressive and powerful. Cocteau says he's sure that they'll catch him and he, that they can use whatever whatever means they feel necessary. And then he hangs up. And now the chief's stuck. He's not sure what to do. Hux, Huxley asks Zachary how how they catch Phoenix in the first place because he, he goes was there. And I guess you ask Zach anything, he goes into full exposition. Yeah. Because they ask him a very He's like, oh, question. shit, you asked me something? Uh. How did they catch him in the 20th? <laughs> um, John Spartan would have been the answer. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But no, he goes, 10 state manhunt. <laughs> He's a storyteller. He's like, hey, I'll tell exposition. the story. It's like, all right, Everybody look, I sit you, down. Uh. Actually, I said the fucking question, okay? Answer it. He's like, none of this stuff worked. Traffic stop. The only thing that worked was one man. <laughs> yeah, John Spock. Okay. And she's like, the demolition man? <laughs> Whoa, what? Don't point your pen at me. She says, she goes, the demolition man? This man's a legend. I've been doing some kind of research Stop about him, man. right? But yet, she doesn't know who the fuck Simon Phoenix is. That <laughs> does seem unlikely. If you're researching a very famous cop who got convicted of multiple involuntary manslaughters and lost his job and went to jail, wouldn't like the third thing under his name be went to jail during the apprehension of Simon Phoenix? What? It does seem like something you would this know. This is fucking dumb. That would be like studying John Wilkes Booth and not knowing who Abraham Lincoln is. <laughs> I, was yeah. thinking, I was thinking of um, Capone. Um, what's his name? Elliot Ness. Elliot Ness. Like, seriously. So you're studying Elliot Ness hardcore and Al Capone didn't come up? <laughs> not at all. Yeah, like, what the fuck? <laughs> so he explains that they caught him with John Spartan. And then uh, Huxley pulls up some old video feeds of, and of a, uh, My favorite part is there's a little girl and like... Isn't it? You, you blew up this thing and it's sixty million. It's like fuck you, lady. It's sixty million dollar mall for twenty three thousand dollars. For twenty five thousand yeah. dollar ransom, was it worth it? And the no. girl's like, fuck you. It was me. <laughs> she goes, well put. <laughs> <laughs> so they they watch. He's beating ass in all these videos and stuff. The chief's not really sold on the idea, but doesn't really have a lot of Basically, options. Basically, they're gonna they're gonna unfreeze him because yeah. he's their only hope. Cocteau to, told him to do whatever was necessary. Because we have to go back to that trope that we were talking about in a recent episode. There's only one man for this job. 
Only one man would dare give me the raspberry. Lone Star! <laughs> so we cut to the Cryro prison, um, and they thaw Spartan out. Uh, once he's once he's defrosted, he obviously has a bunch of questions. Like, how but they're long immediately been... like, "Okay, here's what you're here for." And he's like, "Look, look, look." He's look, like, "Hold on." Now. He's like, "I'm gonna need a minute." <laughs> he's like, "How long have I been under? And where's my wife?" And he's like, "You ever ha- have a Slurpee really fast and you get a brain freeze? <laughs> Imagine that times like a thousand. <laughs> they tell him that, or uh, Huxley tells him that his wife died in the big earthquake in 2010, and uh, he's like, "Well, were extinguished. I have a daughter. What happened to her?" And then the chief's like, "Look, we didn't." We didn't uh, frost you for family reunion. You got to go catch Phoenix. He goes what? And apparently, in the trivia, it says that there were some. There was some stuff with his daughter, but they said yeah, it slowed actually, the movie down and they cut it out. You get to see his daughter. His daughter's in one of the scenes. Like she was going to be one of the scraps. Yeah. And there's a picture of her. Not picture. She's in one of the scenes, like to the right. And mm-hmm. he'd like protect her from gunfire or something. And, yeah, but they cut that all out, so you only get to see his daughter once. Mm-hmm. And there was also a cut of the draft where Huxley was going to be his daughter. Really? Yeah, I'm glad they cut that out. Yeah. That sexy women weird, which is why they cut that it out. Sexy George Lucas made this or something. Yeah. But another shot of the chief being evil. He's like, we didn't bring you here for a family reunion. Look, you're supposed to, you're from a utopian future where everybody's nice and kind. And the nice and kind thing to do would be to tell you that your wife and daughter have passed on or they're fine. Give you some joy for feelings. We didn't want to tell her because we thought it would make it weird. That is true. He is is not a very nice and happy guy. He's evil. He's diet evil, just one calorie. So they explained Phoenix escaped from the uh, facility, and he's already killed 11 people since then. They gave him a little bit of backstory. There was three cities that merged into San Santa Angeles. Barbara, San, uh, San Diego, and Los Angeles. Yeah, Everything's illegal now. It sucks. Basically, liberal utopia. It is a liberal utopia. And I wouldn't want to live there. And, I'd uh, be a scrap. Goes, oh. He says whatever, and he tells uh, Alfredo Garcia to get him on Go Marlboro. Get Marlboro. <laughs> he says, he's like, sure, whatever you need. A cigarette, any cigarette. Oh, smoking is bad for you. Anything bad for you is illegal. Then they start listing things. And he's like, what? Sugar, caffeine, any drugs, He says, are you shitting me? (laughs) When he says, he says, are you shitting me? The curse word thing goes off. And then they're like, bad language. (laughs) And she says, says, smoking, meat, chocolate, alcohol, caffeine, contact sports, cursing, gasoline, uneducational toys, and spicy food. And abortion and unlicensed pregnancy are all illegal. (laughs) So, basically all the fun stuff. Yeah, basically screw that. Like, who wants to live here? Not it. Nobody. I'll take my chances. I don't know. I need my chocolate, my caffeine, and I very much enjoy the contact sport I do. (laughs) (laughs) And we also learned that the transfer of any bodily fluids is outlawed. They don't eat, they don't kiss, (laughs) which is really weird. Um, I'm pretty sure there's plenty of people breaking that law. (laughs) I don't know. I would. <laughs> you didn't get to see the part where he creepily winked at me. <laughs> I don't know why it was creepy. Because you exaggerated it. It wasn't just like flirty. It was creepy. Well, Spartan explains that he's not exactly excited to be working with what's LAPD. And he, again, it's even though it's SAPD. Because uh, he was frozen last time he did that. Yeah, the suck-ass police department over here. And the captain says, well, look, you know, you can help us or you can go back in the, to freeze, the freezer because we don't care. And he does the math on that. He's like, well, they're not going to be able to catch him. So if I go back in the freezer, I'm going to be there forever. Yeah. 
or this freezing plant is going to go down and I'm just going to die. Which we watched uh, we watched a little thing, the, uh, I don't know what it was, extras or some bullshit. You know how they do the, you know how 80s DVDs, they always have the little... You mean 90s DVDs? 90s DVDs, yeah. they have the little, the little <laughs> things and stuff. Yeah. And so they had it and it came up and it was like, John Spartan, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, uh, uh, prison sentence... 30, 38 years or whatever. And then it was Snipes. 70 said, years. 70 years. And it was Snipes that said, da, 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 Simon Phoenix, da, da, prison sentence, infinity. <laughs> I was like, really? <laughs> so just kill him. <laughs> what are you doing? So, uh. Well, that happens all the time. Like, you get six consecutive life sentences. It's like, and this person's going to rot in jail. Just kill him. I <laughs> saw that. Save some time. Bullets are cheap. <laughs> I saw that in, a, in one time in court. Uh, this one guy was in there. I forget all the shit that he did. But he ended up getting like 400 years. And uh, the guy started crying, and he was like, uh, he says, uh, Judge, I can't do 400 years. And the judge said, that's okay. Just do what you can. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what an asshole. It was so good. (laughs) I'd have fucking lost it. If I was that guy, I'd have been like, nice job, Judge. Uh, Sig burn. Sig burn. Just do what you can. (laughs) So, uh, okay, so... All this happens, and then Spartan's like, he disappears for a minute, and everybody's like, where'd he go? And then he's like, well... He unthawed. He unthawed, so he had to go use the bathroom. Did you ever see Austin Powers? Yeah. It was a lot like that. The world's longest pee. Yeah. No, the world's longest pee is from... uh, Uh, Stranger. (laughs) No, the the Austin Powers is longer. We're going to do a second... I have never timed it. Um, Did you watch a YouTube video about what's the longest PN film? I can't confirm or deny that. (laughs) Oh, God. Tony, there are okay. people out there figuring that out. So Spart- you know there are. The internet's a strange place, Carly. Spartan emerges from the bathroom. Which you would think we would have done more research on that, considering like our first three movies had urination yeah, scenes. But I don't oh, P, hey, welcome back to the podcast. Welcome back to the podcast. It's just it's a happy answer. So Spartan comes from the bathroom, looks a bit perturbed. He says, uh, hey, your restroom's at a TP. They explained toilet paper's also gone. And so let me just... get this straight. So you come out of the bathroom, you got to take a shit, and you're like, let's find the hot chick and talk to her about it. <laughs> well, <laughs> he says there's just three seashells in there. Well, of the all the people he's met, she seems the one that's the most kind and the most willing to explain things. Definitely not going to tell the chief. Alfredo Garcia is a prime candidate. Meanwhile, yeah. the chief should remember when they use toilet yeah, paper. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's a, that's like you say, like we keep coming back. It should have been a lot longer. Mm-hmm. I know it sucks that you don't get to have Zachary or whatever, yeah. a couple of little tiebacks, but it would have been it should like have been bring, like sixty years. Yeah. Like you bring back uh, Benjamin Franklin's like, Where's your privy pit? And you're like, I don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> like your kids aren't gonna know what eight track tapes are necessarily, but it's not gonna blow their mind that there were eight track tapes, right. you know what I mean? <laughs> Stuff like that. So anyway, yeah, he doesn't know what the three seashells are, Snyder laughs at him. Until and by the way, there are YouTube videos to explain that, Carly. Yeah. It should have just I've been a bidet. <laughs> no, three seashells. I know that they No, because at they, the time, it was just three fucking seashells. There was no, no. explanation. Someone went and no. figured it out. I know. <laughs> you sick bastards. Yeah. I know. They figured it out. I don't want to know. <laughs> you don't. You don't, because it doesn't make any sense. Not you would never, all. ever do that. But I'm just saying, I know this is supposed to be some funny joke in the movie that it just doesn't make any sense, but it just should have been a fucking bidet. Like what I, they said was, is the writer was... Uh, trying to think of some future stuff and he didn't he couldn't come up with anything else beyond what he did he called another friend of his that was a um, screenwriter and he says hey man give me some ideas for something in the future 
and he was in the bathroom using the bathroom while he was on the phone and he looked up from his from hooping or whatever and there was a one of those you know some people have those little glass boxes full of shit. yeah mm-hmm. his was full of soap seashells and he goes do some some with seashells and that's what supposedly where all that came from people do like to have a seashell theme in their bathroom yeah it's true how many seashell sinks have i cleaned when i was a house cleaner <laughs> and i don't know if it's just because we live in a coastal city well seashells but seashells that beach the theme seashore. is out of control yes. thank you Brady the Bush. little seashell soaps and the <laughs> all right well enough about soap we're an hour and a half in here yeah all right, so this is what I think about decorative soap. <laughs> <laughs> so Spartan, Spartan recognizes Zachary and runs, Zach? over, runs over Zachary. and talks to him. While chatting, Spartan throws out some more curse words. And the first thing he should have said was, dude. toilet paper, Zach. Yeah. Where is like, toilet paper? I have some because... I use it. <laughs> I don't use this psycho-ass seashell. Because if you're looking for someone to talk about toilet paper, like, oh, hey, Zach, yeah. remember toilet paper? What now? I, I keep don't... a couple rolls in my <laughs> office. Not like these psychos. Or at least just get me a washcloth or something. I don't scoop seashells. I don't scoop poop out of my ass with seashells. Thank you. Also, I got some cigarettes and some chocolate because we're humans. All right. So anyway... He goes and talks to him, and he starts throwing some curse words around. He's like, just, shit, you're a just, damn good pilot. They're just joking around with each other. And then the the uh, cuss, curse word police thing the goes cuss off. Word. But the rest of the cops the are like, morality. they're using foul language, but they, they seem, seem to, to be, be friends. friends. <laughs> they're it, like, yeah, this is how people talk. No, no, and she says, says, like, you didn't read my dissertation. No, no, she <laughs> says, this is how insecure heterosexual males back in the 90s bond. And it's like... Yeah. Wow, shots fucking fired, yeah. bitch. <laughs> it's like, that's just, this how, we is just li- how people talk. It's like, guys just like also, to give each other she's shit. Not wrong. <laughs> like, then that doesn't make you insecure. That's just it how fucking guys talk to each other. It doesn't make you insecure, but that is how. <laughs> girls do it too. I saw this movie where these girls call each other badges. No, no, ew, no. Ew. Girls don't no, talk like girls that. Girls don't at all. do that. No. Okay. We'll agree to disagree because we've got to move on. Girls <laughs> might call but, themselves bitches or what's up, whore, but you are never calling someone massingale <laughs> never never so anyway so he hears the thing go off a couple times and he's like all right so he runs over to it and he goes hey what's going on you shit brain fuck face duck fucking ball breaking pain in the ass and all these fucking tickets pop out and he's like well so much for the no toilet paper and he says so goes, much for the three seasons yeah. i'll see you in a few That's minutes <laughs> and he goes to the bathroom <laughs> it's awesome it's like wow that's the best i gotta go take a shit exit ever <laughs> that was great Afterwards, that. afterwards, Huxley expri- explains that uh, all citizens are chipped, so police or whatever knows exactly where they are at all times, but Phoenix obviously doesn't have one. Um, and Alfredo's it, like, I don't know how you guys did anything before that. And he's like, we've worked for a living. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this fascist crap fascist, makes me want to puke. Yeah, exactly. It's like, yeah, right. that is kind of weird. <laughs> but they explain also that Spartan does have one. They put one in him right after he thought he was thought out. So they had an involuntary surgery on him and they woke him up? Yeah, and he gets into an argument with the chief and the chief calls him this. It's amazing. He goes, you dirty meat eater. <laughs> and I, laugh, I laugh every fucking time he does that. Like, it's the worst insult ever. You dirty meat eater. Resonate some understanding, which is so, so great. Chief explains that his crime computer has analyzed Phoenix MOs and ran the numbers. He will attempt to set up a drug lab and form a crime syndicate. Spartan laughs, no. <laughs> He's going to go find a gun. I hate to break up you two lovebirds. He's going for a gun. Plain Chief says, simple. Chief says, no way. 
there he's not, it's not he's not going to do that because there aren't any guns. The only place you can even look at a gun is in a museum. And then they both look at each other like, oh shit. <laughs> like there's a bunch of guns right there with no guards. So then we obviously we see Phoenix enter the museum. He uses a terminal and it points him to the direction of the firearms exhibit, the Hall of Violence. Like what oh that was in the scene when the last time he goes, Come on, Hal, where are the goddamn guns? <laughs> yes. So Spartan two thousand. I know. <laughs> I get the references in this movie. <laughs> the reference. Spartan. Get the reference, Carly. No. Did no. I know who Hal is? No. No. Hal was a computer two thousand one Space Odyssey. I never saw it. <laughs> really? Yes, really. Why are you surprised? So <laughs> I've never seen it either, but I get the reference. Oh, You've never see seen it? it? No. Hmm. Right. Well, maybe somebody should pick that for Elaine's birthday month. Well, it's not underappreciated. It's it's like Gone with the Wind. Yeah. <laughs> I just missed that one. So Spartan, Huxley, and Garcia all head to the museum. Uh, Spartan wants to drive. He gets in and realizes he's looking at like six screens and all this shit. He doesn't know what the hell's going on. So he just says, never mind, jumps in the back. Uh, while, while driving along, Lieutenant Huxley sees that Spartan's still upset by all this and tries to cheer him up with an oldie station that only plays commercials, I think, from the 40s. Something like that. The number one radio station. Again, I have a fundamental problem with this. All right, I get they've outlawed music, whatever. But they don't know what fucking commercials were. I believe you called them commercials. (laughs) Um, It wasn't that fucking long ago. (laughs) I I don't think they get to watch TV. It brats your brain, so it's bad for you. That's not true. That's just some shit people say. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure it's shit Cocteau would say. The old cockatoo himself. The old cockatoo would have grew up on, on these commercials, and that's why he likes them. In the garden, garden in the valley, valley of the (laughs) jolly green giant. (laughs) I remember that commercial. Because it was a commercial during when this movie came out. (laughs) So Garcia and Huxley (laughs) sing along and Spartan says, Do armor hot dogs. (laughs) Put me back in the fridge. Because he's like, oh, I thought Oldie Station was going to be music. music. No. Well, you'd think it'd be like Paul Anka or like maybe Big Band from the 30s. Yeah, <laughs> I love a Big Band Station. <laughs> all polka all the time. Polka, polka, polka? Yeah. Mm. So at the firearms exhibit, Phoenix is walking around, ecstatic. Uh, <laughs> and he's real, he's giddy. <laughs> about all the weapons. He curses and the moral ticket thing goes off again. Again, it bothers me because he's not chipped. He sees a good collection of firearms, uh, you know, familiar weapons that he at least knows what they are. He tries to punch it open. It doesn't work. Tries to <laughs> kick it open. He goes, boom, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> can't kick it open. Can't punch it open. So then a museum co- custodian comes around and says, mellow greetings. What is your boggle? <laughs> He's like, boggle. how much do you weigh? <laughs> <laughs> he goes, well, actually, I weigh. And then he, Phoenix picks him up and throws him through the fucking window. And now he can get into the guns. So he collects some uh, weapons. For some reason, they have ammo. I don't know. Yeah, they're all loaded. They have a yeah. lot of ammo. And yeah. I don't know if you know this about ammunition, but it goes bad. This is a maximum security museum. There's no way that they would think anybody could get to that ammo. Because they said it's a maximum security museum. What the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> well, here's my thing. Just have guns and pictures of the ammo. Because who cares? For the them, maximum like? security could just be... Why there's they real guard? guns and not made out of... So <laughs> they have firing pins. Yeah, you could do that all the time. right. They might have been a guard, and that's the maximum security. <laughs> True. That's that true. one guy that he knows how to do that is punches. one guy. <laughs> That's the security guard. And he got he rid of couldn't him. punch through the glass. So yeah. But to be fair, um, they wouldn't. I don't think. Well, they're fucking stupid. Yeah. 
These are the guys who go to Taco Bell every day. That's true. Like that's you talk about shit that's bad for you. Eat Taco Bell every day. Well, see what but, then, but then you, when you see the Taco Bell food, it's like three chips with like a bean on it or yeah. something. <laughs> what? So anyway, he throws the guy through the window, can collects collects the weapons, and then he pauses for a second. He goes, "Hey, wait a minute. This is the future, right? So where's all the phaser guns?" And then he looks around and he finds. I guess what it's it's supposed to be a rail gun. Sure. And, and uh, some kind of magnetic launcher that uses magnetic a fusion ion. generator. You look at the stats of it, it holds 700 rounds and has an 800 meter range. He has to watch a video on how to use it. You'd think that would have been downloaded into his brain. Yeah. 800 meters. Yeah. That's really far. Yeah. <laughs> 700 rounds. Is well, they have these guns. They're on uh, ships. <laughs> um so They're two, called destroyers. <laughs> yeah. So two more museum guards come around. Phoenix blasts them with a shotgun. I think they and, get what you They walk up like, excuse me, sir. And he doesn't even look. Just a double barrel Boom. shotgun. Boom. Doesn't even look. And he's like, does it take batteries? Where's the, where's the Radio Shack? And then the... Radio we, Shack's not a thing anymore. No, it's not a thing anymore. Kids, Radio now. Shack was a store you could buy batteries. Among other things. Yeah. Electronics. Yeah. It's basically like a Home Depot for electronics. They got real big into cell phones, but they bet on the wrong horse. It was like... <laughs> I was going to say it's like Circuit City. That's a thing Whoa. that doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> Circuit City was best like Best Buy. buy. <laughs> it's like Best Buy. Best Buy is still a thing. But it's where yeah. you could buy like components too. Yeah, you, you could buy like... To, like if you wanted to a build a computer. If you yeah. wanted to build a computer, you went to Radio Shack. <laughs> well, there wasn't Best Buy yet. Like where I was from, we had a bunch of Radio Shacks and there was a Best Buy, but it was not close. So you went to Radio Shack. Best Buy wasn't as cool as the Radio Shack either. <laughs> not in the beginning. So after Phoenix blows away the guards or whatever, uh, the whole museum seals them in with the uh, closing doors. And he's and like, like, ooh, that. music to my ear. He gets excited about it. I wouldn't. I think it was I the alarm. How in the beginning the museum intercom was like, patrons, walk calmly to the exits. And then at some point they're like, walk quickly. To <laughs> move quickly. Yeah. Move quickly now. <laughs> and then they're like, it's sealed. Walk calmly to the exit. <laughs> so Spartan and his pals roll up to the museum, and they see p- patrons fleeing. Spartan actually sees uh, Friendly's periscope again, pops up out of the ground. And he goes, you guys see that? I'm like, what? He goes, never mind. I gave up trying to figure this place out. <laughs> just dismisses it as... Which is what you would do. More like future if, nonsense. Yeah, yeah, if we froze you right now, and you woke up in, you know, 40 years from now, there'd be some shit you're like, yeah, whatever. I'll, yeah, I don't know. Do you think the guy that created the Teletubbies watched this because that just has random periscopes coming up out of the ground? I've never seen Teletubbies. <laughs> that one got by me. Yeah. I, I was busy babies. watching 2001 Space Odyssey. I didn't get that right. I had babies. <laughs> the Teletubbies just had random periscopes coming out of the ground. And it was like a... It was not... They didn't look through it, but it was like a megaphone. So it was just... It looked like a periscope, but it would tell the Teletubbies things like it's time to dance or it's time <laughs> to eat or... Okay, anyway. Maybe. So as they uh, approach the museum, Garcia checks his tablet to see how to proceed. Spartan snatches it from him and says, nope. He says, request advice. And the thing started talking and he grabs it. He's like, no. He says, hey, Luke Skywalker, use the force. Throws it away. And Spartan asks Garcia, what's this nightstick club thing do? And he shows him. So he touches a rando stranger. He goes, stranger. does it work? And hits somebody. <laughs> they fall asleep. And he goes, yes, so. <laughs> so Spartan likes that. He tells Huxley and Garcia to stay outside and check the and you know watch I'll the be back in ten minutes and he heads in. Um, they have Phoenix blast out of the hall, out of the uh, the sealed these doors with like a really big plexiglass or something, 
but with a cannon. So he has a cannon, and I don't mean like some kind of cool cannon. I mean like a fucking Civil War cannon. Like we would see it in a museum. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) It's the hall of violence. They have black powder. They have a uh, fuse. They have the whole deal in here. Everything's just there. Why wouldn't they? The guns had bullets. Yes. So he blows this fucking thing open. Gunpowder goes bad, though. Yeah. Whoever curated this museum yeah. goes for authentic- yeah, authenticity. Like, whoever's going through and changing the ammo every six months <laughs> is really <laughs> play around. So the, he blows a hole in the door, and that's when Spartan runs. And he out. yells, "I'm a blast from the past." <laughs> <laughs> he does do that. <laughs> Guns are kind of oh, randomly strewn. Put his head down. <laughs> yes, he did. <laughs> Guns are kind of strewn around all over the freaking floor and stuff. And because uh, Spartan, Spartan says you should have stayed there, and he goes, "Who is that?" And just starts shooting, which is what you would do. <laughs> but there's, if you ever watch this movie again, uh, which I'm we sure definitely will. will. Pay attention to Phoenix. Phoenix never heard of aiming. No. He just starts shooting. Like he's just fucking right. Obviously, he was everywhere. taught on a Desert Eagle, just like <laughs> Harley Davidson. Converted four fifty four. Yeah. Yeah. He just shoots like no one learns on a board at four fifty four. And he does it. I did. Well, that explains a lot. <laughs> there's so many times in this movie I've seen. I watched him do it. He just fucking just shoots and and doesn't even really look. And you're like, God, Lord. When they're in the final battle scene, when he when really Spart- when he's shooting doing the target Shh. practice, get there. that's terrible. Oh yeah. <laughs> so says, even I gotta hit that. <sighs> and then he comes back up. Spartan, they'll let anybody in this century. <laughs> so in this room, I don't know what this has to do with anything really, but in this room, there's uh, it's like the earthquake collapsed part of the city under this museum. I assume they built the museum on top of it. Mm-hmm. So there's like a little place underneath that's like still the 20th century. That makes sense because when we were living in Italy, they did that because they, you know, evidently was built on top of like ancient ruins and stuff. So they had like old ass streets and pottery and stuff underneath. So they had these big ass thick glass mirror, uh, glass mirrors, glass, and you would walk over it while you're shopping and you're like, oh, look at that. When we went to Philly, Philly. they had stuff like that. What was it? Benjamin Franklin's house or something? They had They had excavated parts of it shit. and you could look <laughs> really? down yeah. into like the basement. Oh, yeah. oh that's mm-hmm. cool. So that actually makes sense. All right. We well, have that's that what they right have now. here. And uh, they're, they're trading gunfire and Phoenix hides behind the this large panel or whatever. And uh, Spartan sees that there's this weird chandelier that kind of just looks like a giant arrowhead hanging above him. So he shoots the... And it's just amazing that it's right it, there. Yeah. <laughs> and it falls right down next to him and shatters the glass and he falls through it. Because Spartan S- barely aims. Like, he leaves it at his hip. Yeah. <laughs> Obviously, he's the Marlboro Man. <laughs> <Yeah>. Clearly. <laughs> so then Phoenix falls through into the pit down there, but then he looks up and sees Spartan standing on it still. So he shoots a bunch of... Uh, sprays a bunch of shots up at him and he falls through it too and now they're fighting in this little pit at the bottom. Now it's a pit fight. Yeah. Spartan grabs a TV and he yells, you're on TV! And hits him with the TV while swinging it, swinging around by the power cord. That would not hold. <laughs> it was pretty bad. A heater Especially grabbed that, swung it around, and it was It weighs like 400 pounds. I don't care how much roids he was doing. You can't lift that TV by the power cord. Sure you can. TVs today, now in 2010 even, if they were what we had as TVs in 2010, some of them still too heavy, but not all of them. I don't have a CRT bullshit. I had a TV that was so heavy in 2010 that when I got divorced, I just left it. It was mine, but I was like, I'm not moving that thing. I'll just buy one that I can hang on the wall. Yeah, I, don't know. <laughs> I am leaving you with that TV. Remember <laughs> when Phantoms broke the project, the big screen projector? I have TV? one of those giant rear projector TVs. Mm-hmm. Oh god! 
That, that thing was fucking heavy. I bet. <laughs> but it was huge. Well, they're, they're trading fire back and forth, jumping behind things, shooting at each other, and then Phoenix, Phoenix's rail gun tells him that it's charged. So he pulls it out, and he's like, okay, let's see what this does, and he shoots it. Got Spartan. Doing improved. Spartan's like, oh, shit, runs and dodges, and it blows a fire hydrant open, and there's still water pressure into some reason. <laughs> Wesley stops and goes, ooh, I love this gun! <laughs> and then uh, Spartan jumps over, tackles them, they fight for a minute, and then it ends up Spartan is laying in front of the car, and Phoenix is there, but he's standing in a puddle, and Spartan sticks the nightstick in the water and shocks him You're dead, it. Spartan. <laughs> Um, Phoenix starts to blast uh, Spartan again with the railgun, and then he runs. Then we see uh, Otho and Dr. Cocktail working around, <clears throat> walking around, and Phoenix climbs up out of the museum at the side, and it's the same area. Phoenix goes over to see Cocktail, and Cocktail's like, oh shit, and then he goes to pull a gun on him, but for some reason his finger won't pull the trigger. I don't think so. No kiss kiss, no bang bang. Also, good movie. <laughs> and uh, cocktail. Was that a Shane Black movie? Yep, and uh, Robert Downey Jr. There you go. And Val Kilmer. Have you ever seen it? No, I'm right. No. <laughs> it's actually really good. Never mind. Uh, cocktail reminds him that uh, isn't he supposed to be killing Edgar Friendly right now? And then runs away. Or Spart- uh, Phoenix runs away. Because he's Spartan running out. Yeah. Spartan runs up and uh, Cocteau says, Thank you for saving my life, and blah, 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 blah. And, I'd like to thank you by bringing you yeah. a Taco Bell. He's like, thanks. It's <laughs> yeah. okay. I could use a burrito. Well, he doesn't say that yet. He's, and Huxley says, well, Simon has finally matched his meat. He really, he really licked his he really ass. licked his ass. Yeah, those, <laughs> those are funny. She, those are so upsetting. <laughs> no, no, the upsetting one is later. <laughs> really matched so. his meat. <laughs> yeah, and Cocktail's so pleased, like you say, he invites him to eat with him at Taco Bell. Huxley's very excited. She's like, ooh, this is like a little clap thing. It's like, you weren't invited. <laughs> so Spartan and the crew meet up at the police headquarters, and he finds out Cocteau's responsible for this whole utopia, um, and he's trying to figure out Phoenix's game when the chief says that, you know, uh, he's like, what are we going to do? And the chief's like, I've got, I know what we're going to do. We're just going to hang out. Eventually, he's going to kill somebody, and then we're going to know where he is. He goes, good plan. The chief is evil. (laughs) No one has died in so long they can't even remember what to do, and yet he's just going to wait for someone to die. They were so upset about these deaths in the beginning of the movie that they thawed out the demolition man, (laughs) and now we're just going to wait for one to happen. And when he said it, mixed messages. When he said it, I was like... Is he what? being sarcastic? No, no. being sarcastic. No. <laughs> He's evil. They don't have sarcasm anymore. This man, this, oh. see, this just goes to show you at the at the top levels of every utopia is evil, maniacal bastards because this chief of police is evil. And who's evil? The guy above him. Yeah, <laughs> we'll get to that. That's what happens when you get socialism, people. <laughs> She's so, not wrong. Huh? So on their way to Taco Bell, uh, Spartan finds out that Schwarzenegger had been elected president decades ago. in the Schwarzenegger presentation. He goes, hold on a minute. <laughs> that guy was president? Spartan lets that mull over for a bit. He's and like, then, well, he wasn't born here, but 
with his popularity, it caused an amendment to be formed. The 61st (laughs) Amendment. And I was like, this Schwarzenegger as president is a callback to the Expendables, really, on the podcast. He wants to be president. On the podcast. (laughs) Because at this time, well, he wasn't governor yet, but he was, Mm -hmm. you know. But anyway, Mm -hmm. she enjoys it way too much that Sylvester Stallone was like, oh my God, Schwarzenegger's president. Because she's got this stupid smile on her face. Like, she's in on the joke. Yeah. She's not in on the joke. She's a character in the movie. She's not the pool. Yeah, that's a but Deadpool she just thing has a dumb smile on her face the whole movie. Yeah, she her character so. is just dumb. No, she's not because right when she's the whole shit started breaking bad, she was the one. All right, well, let's check the prison record schedule. Yes, Who is this? All right, let's do this. Let's do this. She was look, smart in a minute ago, but she's still just super happy all the time. They all are. Just because she's the smartest person in the box of crayons doesn't mean she's not mm. still one of the box of crayons. There's probably some, some in the water. There's chemtrails. Chemtrails. Oh, chemtrails. Let's not, let's not get into that. Just because she's not eating the paste doesn't mean she didn't also huff the glue. So we cut to Phoenix. He is entering. She's fine. She has her toothpaste. Entering the sewers <laughs> looking to kill friendly. So back at the car, Spartan's trying to figure out what is the big damn deal with Taco Bell? And Huxley explains that it's the only restaurant that survived the Food Fast Wars. The Franchise Wars. Franchise the Food Fast Wars. Wars. <laughs> food Fast Wars. The Food wow. Fast Wars. All restaurants are now Taco Bell. Now all are Taco Bell. And I, I gotta say, like, if, that would be a sleeper win. Like, the only reason they won is because no one's paying attention to Taco Bell. <laughs> <laughs> like, Burger King and McDonald's had a big Do fight. Do your fun and, fact. And Wendy's and, oh yes, my fun fact mm. is that in four other countries, it was Pizza Hut. Oh, really? Because they didn't have Taco Bell or wasn't as popular. Because so. it's just like an American franchise. Oh, is that right? Because that's not Mexican food. I'm not sure if you're aware of it. <laughs> yeah. Not authentic? Yeah, no. Huh. So, I thought if I crossed the border, I could get me a also, chalupa. A chalupa. <laughs> Two days ago on the radio on my way to work, um, one of the DJs was crying up a river because uh, Pizza Hut just announced it's going to close 600 of its sit-down restaurant oh, locations. And then the guy's like, like... The guy was crying. He's like, when's the last time you've been there? Like six years? Oh, that's why it's closing. That's, <laughs> that's what he said. Like, he's like, I can't even... He was talking about how nostalgic it was with the uh, with the salad bar and the red cuffs. And he's like, I can't even remember the last time I was at a sit-down Pizza Hut. Well, I don't think we have any in this area. I Here's was trying the thing. to where I know. Pizza Hut is. I thought they did. Whenever I come across one, and it's usually when I'm traveling, I'll come across one, <laughs> no, and oh, man, we're we always go. shocked. Why? Because Pizza Hut is disgusting. But their personal pan pizzas are delicious. Disgusting. You if know, you get it right out of the oven, it's wonderful. We ate I remember. One, we ate at a sit-down Pizza Hut on our way back from Chicoutique. There's one on the Eastern Shore. But when we came across it, we were like... Is that a sit-down pizza? <laughs> they still have those? And then There's, we were like, is it open? Because we were the only people there. <laughs> There's a pizza hut across the street from Jiu-Jitsu that looks like it's a sit-down pizza but hut, not. but it's not. That 7-Eleven down the street from my house used to be a pizza hut. Mm-hmm. Where, where I'm from, we had a pizza hut once for about a month. Yeah, but you're from New York. <laughs> we also had a Papa John's for about a month. Yeah, well. Like, they would open up. And close. There's like eight billion rays. So yeah, they're gonna put them out. New York pizza is disgusting. No, New York pizza is. The it's shit. all soggy crust and grease. Okay, well, gross. Really? Well, you like pizza? Authentic, right? Mm-hmm. I did like pizza. I like the pan pizza. I really like a crispy bottom pizza. Hey, I said what? After this, you want to go up to Pizza Hut? No. Okay, then I tried. <laughs> <laughs> so inside this Taco Bell, we get some Dan Cortez action. And this Taco Tickling Bell... Tickling the keys to some Jolly Green Giant. Oh, oh, this oh. is an upscale restaurant, it's, this Taco yeah, Bell. I ain't never been to Taco they Bell. They are dressed semi-formally. Sandra Bullock's dress weighs 40 pounds. <laughs> Holy and fuck, but it, it barely covers any of her. 
and in the seat and she rips it at one point and she has there's this part where she's standing like this because if she didn't her dress would fall off wow it is a sequin backless mini dress that weighed 40 what is it like a yard of fabric because <laughs> all those stones well yeah, Stallone has like seven layers on <laughs> maybe it's for the burritos all the juices yeah yeah so Cocteau and guests are all seated. Uh, Huxley and Spartan come in. They toast Spartan for saving him. Um, but then Cocteau starts kind of talking about how full of himself he is, how great his utopia is. And then he asks And his Spartan, guests are, do not like Spartan right off no. the bat. This is the Neanderthal. And then they, he asks Spartan, what do you think of it? And you know, Spartan's like, this place fucking sucks. <laughs> you know, <laughs> kind of insults him. He's, and then he explains also just... BT dubs on the side that uh, he was awake the whole 37 years uh, and it's basically a living nightmare. He had to watch his wife beat He's on like, the tank. He's like, there's no way you were awake. He's like, no, I remember shit. I remember my wife beating on the block. And Cocteau's like, nightmare. no. And he's like, no, it didn't work like that. And he's like, well, no, it does work like that. And then he's like, well, there's nothing I can do about it. Too bad. And there's like, going to be side effects. Oh, the, well. the one woman's like, what if I was to call you an archaic relic of a yeah. uh, da- of a like dangerous time gladly forgotten he's like I don't know thanks, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> and then while they're kind of quibbling at each other you see um, he sees the periscope again and then he sees a Mad Max extra drive by on a <laughs> dirt bike and he's like, he's like well what can I do for you and he's like call some backup and then he stands up and runs outside and we, we see cop punch we see this is they're gonna do the raid on the Taco Bell uh, delivery truck um yeah, these are the scraps, is what they call them. And uh, he, he beats up a bunch of them, traps a couple more in some kind of tarp and all that kind of stuff. And everybody's watching, and they're all kind of excited to clap for him. Dennis Leary goes, oh, what a fucking hero. <laughs> and, uh, but, and he wasn't <clears throat> fined. No fine for that one. No, he wasn't. He was outside, though. Yeah. But then uh, Spartan grabs one of the last ones, and he goes to, like, he's going to grab him and punch him. And the guy says, just let me go. And he lets him go, but he drops food on the ground and Spartan puts together that these aren't bad guys they're just trying to eat mm-hmm. hurting people's not a good thing well, sometimes it is sometimes <laughs> it is <laughs> but now it's just people trying to get something to eat so on the way back um, Spartan apologized he yelled at Huxley earlier and um, they drive away he wonders how his daughter's doing but then he's scared to meet her because he thinks that since everybody's so different now that <laughs> everybody hates me <laughs> yeah he's like she won't want to talk to me anyway Huxley starts to, she's like, well, I can just look her up. She starts to look her up, and he says, no, no, and he grabs her hand, and they have a little... A shared moment. Yeah. She People seems aren't to, used to physical contact. He gives her the butterfly. Utopia. Yeah. She gets a whitey. She's a, No, she <laughs> does <Yeah>. not. <laughs> well, I think she does, because what does she ask yeah. him to do? Oh. <sighs> anyway, she says, I, ha- I uh, arranged for you to have a domicile down the hall for mine. And then she propositions him for sex. <laughs> he thinks that she wants him to enter the premises. But really, she just wants to watch some very she weird wants porn. She play some video games. <laughs> she, yeah, she wants to do some VR it's porn. bizarre. <laughs> so they and, go. I mean, wouldn't that give some people a seizure? We see some clips of this yeah. sex. I'm using air quotes, guys. You can't see it. <laughs> because they put these things on their heads and they close their eyes, and I guess it. it I'm assuming it puts it's simulating parts of their brain, yeah, pleasure probably. centers of the brain. Yeah. I assume there's science behind it. Because but we keep seeing flashes yeah. that are bizarre. And because she's over there, like, mm, mm, and, and he's confused, like, mm, mm, mm. <laughs> and I was like, this must have been 
have been such an awkward day of filming. They're just like, all right, Sylvester, just make a bunch of sex faces. Yeah. <laughs> And he's like, <laughs> And he finally pulls it off and she goes, why'd you break contact? I didn't even touch you yet. She's yet. like, I was almost there. What are you doing? So, uh, also, how many times has the lady had that conversation? <laughs> so he also... Not this lady. She also gives... <laughs> she, she, uh, she also gives Spartan some kind of little mini disc thing. That's, yeah, that's yeah that was in the car. Yeah, yeah he was so trying to get her the minigun. Yeah. <laughs> we cut to Otho and Cocteau, and they are headed to his lounge office, and Phoenix is already in there. Illuminate. And he's wearing Dude, some stuff from I Bad Max. Like yeah. Illuminate. Why he changed his clothes to wear tires, I don't know. I don't know either. But when we find out that Wesley Snipes or Phoenix changed their light code to Illuminate, I like that. I think that was good. Carly was like, can we do that? <laughs> illuminate. You should have changed one of the rooms to Illuminate. It doesn't work like that. Mm. Why not? Because um, Alexa doesn't recognize Illuminate. <laughs> We're not there yet. I want my Alexa to sound like Mr. T. <laughs> Put the lights on, fool! <laughs> Well, you're the one that says that. Teach <laughs> your Alexa right. <laughs> you know, you just get out there, uh, be like, uh, T, what's the weather today? Well, it's going to rain today, fool. There's a slight chance of showers. Like, he ain't doing shit. <laughs> Think about it. I would spend premium money for that. <laughs> you yes, should tweet you at would. him. <laughs> and oh. Amazon. <laughs> like million we dollar get two great tastes. Can we get them together? <laughs> Does it taste great or is it less real? <laughs> so, uh... Phoenix talks to Cocteau for a bit, says, look, um, Cocteau's like, why aren't you killing Friendly? What are you doing fucking around? He's like, look, I'll do, I'll do what it is you need me to do, but I'm going to need some more men. He's got, he's got a, a lot more going on than I he thought said, he I just did. happen to have a list. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got a list of people right here. And, uh, but he goes, also, what, what the hell is with Spartan running around? And he goes, you know, just think of that as my guarantee. And he says, if you, if you do what I say, then don't worry about Spartan. We'll just throw him back in the fridge. So... Huxley bring well, this is what you were talking about. Huxley brings Spartan back to the place. She's decorated just like everyone in the 20th century, right? Uh, yeah, sure. Nope. Looks like a, looks she spent like, a lot of credits. Looks like a yard sale. It much. looks like a cool and eclectic yard sale. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know that store, cool and eclectic? It looks yes. like that. Yeah. That's, That's what, what I just said. You said yard sale. <laughs> I said it looks like a cool and eclectic. Mm-hmm. Yard thing. Yeah, like the store cool and eclectic looks just uh, like that. Oh goodness. So they do the anyway. they do the sex mind link thing, it doesn't work out. Uh Spartan's okay with it for a minute, but then he's like, fuck this and takes it off. He's he like, goes, We're gonna do this the old fashioned way and he like kind of no, no, he says, boning the, the hunka chunka. <laughs> what? The wild what? what is the hunka chunka? Uh, you can't no. be told what the hunka chunka but is. But I did enjoy how she was I'll show like, you later. Do you know what um the <laughs> exchange of bodily fluids brings on and he's like yeah like cigarettes I need to raid the fridge sleepiness <laughs> um, so she kicks him out and he goes back to his domicile and uh, he's walking around looking at it, and then he goes in the bathroom and he gets upset because he sees the three seashells 
Um, but then he puts the disc on that hooks No, him. no. Before that, something oh. important happens. He's standing there, and he's got a little TV and a big fucking TV. And on the big TV, some naked lady just pops up and goes, Hey, Richard. Oh, oh my God. And they never explain it again. Wrong number. <laughs> she made a video call. See, not everybody is adhering to this no-fluid training. <laughs> that was a naked lady. That was a booty call, because this is clearly yeah. late at night. This, this is after dinner, so this is after hours, okay? Mm-hmm. She calls somebody sitting there with a boobies hanging out. She wants somebody to enter the premises. Yep. She wants to see Tallawacker, if you know what I mean? She wants the hunk of chunka. Yeah, hunk of chunka. It would have been funnier if she had, if she said, said you're not Alfredo. Oh. Yes. Oh. Hey, Alfredo. You're not Alfredo. Sorry, wrong number. That would have been good. And good. Elaine makes the movie better. Yep. Every time. With one line. You Why just are the Hollywood name. screenwriters calling me? Why aren't we in Hollywood doing this? Because we'd have to live in California. Thursday. They do have Del Taco. You ever had Del Taco? That shit is delicious. They talk about it on Grace and Frankie all the time. But See? No, I've never had it. <laughs> that shit is delicious. Well, Spartan puts the disc in, and, uh, nope, nope, that's the wrong number. So, puts the disc in, and he sees that it's a uh, meeting between Cocteau and Phoenix. From and did earlier. you notice that this disc has many, multiple camera angles? <laughs> yeah. And some of them are really fucking, like, one of them is right, like, they're sitting across from each other. Like, they had to have a handheld to be that goddamn And close. they do that, they do that in movies Maybe all it was the taken time. with a drone. Maybe they have, like, those little Spider-Man um, surveillance drones. Dr- drones aren't a thing. Okay. <sighs> Don't, that's nonsense. So, um, while, while he's watching the video feed of Cocktail and Phoenix talking, he pulls out uh, some yarn and starts to knit. Behavioral therapy or whatever it's called. He just starts fucking knitting out of nowhere. So the next morning, next morning uh, Spartan and Huxley meet up. Spartan apologizes again and gives her a sweater that he knitted for her last night. She smiles. Uh, while Spartan's driving, he, he wants to know why it is that he can just knit like this. She says, I woke up first thing I wanted to do was knit. <laughs> she explains that everyone in cryo-freeze has some skills implanted so they have something uh it's supposed to be that matches your personality and he's like a seamstress i'm a seamstress i was like knitting is not a seamstress that's a different thing but later he does say just give me needle and thread so yeah spartan's, <laughs> just give me the thread. spartan says and he gets mad about it he's pissed he can make a rug but phoenix can hack computers is a martial arts master and knows the location of fucking everything he asks to pull up. He asks her if he can, if she can pull up Phoenix's training from the the prison, and she tries to, but it's access denied. And then she messes with it for a minute, and then finally gets in. Uh, apparently, Phoenix has received urban combat kill, torture methodology, computer override, martial uh, arts, survival tactics, weapons training, martial arts, murder death kill expert, explosives technician, and violent behavior. <laughs> and she's like, "What? This isn't a. This isn't." A prison rehabilitation program? He's like, yeah, you shit. <laughs> what are you telling me? Yeah. Spartan says they have to go talk to Cocktail now because his company is the one that that uh, designs the training programs. Inside, Cocteau <laughs> is trying to hide. He has all the screens set up that so it just looks like it's a visual or a virtual presence. But Spartan finds him hiding in another room. Right, there's a gun to his fucking head. Yeah. Because he's like, I could be subtle. She's like, we can't just go in there and accuse him of being involved in this. That would be rude. And he's like, we'll be subtle. I can do subtle. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, no, you can't. I like how they were la- the cocktail's like, this kind of outburst was not appropriate even in your time. He goes, yeah, but it worked. Yeah. And Oko <laughs> faints. As they're coming in, she's like, enhance your calm. <laughs> he's like, I'm sick of enhancing my calm. Because <laughs> I'm going to find Simon Phoenix. I'm going to enhance his calm. <laughs> so, uh... 
Spartan tells Spartan basically basically makes it clear that he believes Cocteau is behind all of this. Cocteau orders Huxley to return Spartan to the Cryer prison. Outside, Garcia and Huxley follow Spartan to the sewer grate. Spartan says, "Look, the only place Simon Phoenix can be is in the underground. That's why you can't find him with your manhunt. So that's where he's going." And then uh, Huxley says, "I'm with you. Let's blow this guy because he's Away. like, you can you can blow come with guy. me <laughs> away, or you can go back there and tell him you lost me. But I'm not going back in the freezer right now." <laughs> So the three of them wander around under, in this underground labyrinth until they find this, this like, city area. Garcia and Huxley... Do you smell that? And he goes, oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, they cover their mouths and noses, yuck. And then, uh, but Spartan's drawn to it. It's meat. Spartan, it's Spartan trades Huxley's Rolex watch for a burger and a beer. So I have two questions. Yep. Um, one. Why does she have a watch? Yeah, why does she have a, a, well, a Rolex watch yeah. at that? Yeah. I mean, she's a police lieutenant, right? So we'll say she's making decent money. A cheap Rolex is like, nowadays, is like eight grand. Yeah. Okay. Well, let's say she's on the take, maybe? No, this is, is, there a socialist, take? this is a socialist future. This isn't a capitalist future. Do you think that Rolex still gets to charge that kind of money? Probably That's not. That's true. <laughs> Because like I, I don't think credits. it, I don't think it, yeah, <laughs> I don't think it costs that much. They use precious metals and stuff, and it's good quality. But it's also Swiss, so how do they regulate that? Wow. Maybe they won the franchise wars, and all watches <laughs> are Rolexes now. And this is their low quality thing that replaced the Timex. Wow, could be. Wow, could be. That math checks out. It happened to talk about. Maybe the Rolex King was on that list of weird monitors in that meeting. <laughs> Mr. Rolex. Mr. Taco Bell, Mr. Rolex, Mr. Cocteau. It all checks out. <laughs> it goes all the way to the top. But somebody says, just don't ask where the meat came from. Yeah. And he goes, what do you mean? She's like, I don't see any cows. Yeah. And the lady tells him, she goes, it's rat. He goes, La Rata. He says, rat. This is a rat burger? <laughs> She's like, yes. He and he like, smells it and goes, fuck it. <laughs> he goes, best burger I've had Still, years. I haven't had meat in a long time. So they're still wandering around, and Spartan finds a He's 1970 going, that, Oldsmobile. And it's like perfect condition. And Huxley knows all about this yeah, car. Of course he does. All about, yada, yada, yada. In bucket seats, Simon Phoenix, no clue. No. Again, she wouldn't have known about Simon Phoenix if she studied stupid... Maybe she got the Simon Phoenix and skipped it and went, ooh, Plymouth. <laughs> so while they admire the car, Fred Link gets the job on them and takes them prisoner. They talk for a bit, uh, and they realize that they're not actually the enemies. They both hate Cocteau. I like that. He, someone's pointing a gun at Sloan, and he goes, Go ahead, be well, and Cocteau's an asshole! And pulls the guy's gun. <laughs> you also get a, a, a quick hidden look at um, it's Jack Black in there. Yeah, Jack. He's one of the guys. That, he doesn't have a speaking role. No. Much like his role in Waterworld. True. Yeah. <laughs> Welcome back to the podcast. Jack, Jack Black. Black in a non-speaking role. <laughs> Maybe he was in way. a speaking role in The Holiday, but <laughs> he was. Uh, that's true. He's so good. <laughs> and he was in a speaking role in High Fidelity. Wow, we've had yeah. him a bunch. Man, we really yeah. have. So Phoenix and his crew assemble. Uh, he tells them all that this world is weak. Uh, they can take it without much effort, and but they do have to kill Friendly. But as an added bonus, after they kill Friendly, they get to. Hunt down and kill John Spartan. And one of my favorite non-speaking roles, Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> but the guys himself. are like, we get to go after Spartan. He's like, yeah, but I need you to kill this dude named Raymond. 
Is that Edgar friendly? From Ed- all that with the- no, I thought that he wants them. He's telling them he, they're going to kill Cocteau. Oh, no, yeah. no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That too. He's like, we're going to get this dude friendly. You guys are going to get that dude Cocteau. And then we all get to get Spartan. Spartan. <laughs> so Spartan Friendly talks some more about... Uh, talk some more about how everything's going down and above them Phoenix and his group of killers are watching them and none they're, of the motherfuckers from New York there two of them they're excited because both targets are together they start blasting everything and they all start trading bullets and in the end Phoenix uh, runs out of the sewers Spartan chases them in the end there was a lot of damn ammunition in that museum yeah. <laughs> I know like a lot, a lot. <laughs> like they, they probably didn't need all that <laughs> So Phoenix steals a patrol car and hauls ass, but Spartan gets the Oldsmobile uh, from a hidden elevator. Smashes through the Phoenix bottom. steals their car. Yeah. This is Huxley's car. Yeah. Um, so they start weaving in and out of traffic and trading gunfire. Spartan shoots out Phoenix tires, but they self-inflate back up. <laughs> Damn future cars. Spartan climbs on the roof and tells Huxley to drive. It's a lot of faith he puts in this girl that's never driven before. Because she's like, okay, I've read cars. about this. How do I drive? Because <laughs> she drives the self-driving car. Yeah. yeah. Spartan jumps on the hood, uh, jumps on, from the hood to Phoenix's car, and Phoenix shoots through the roof, you know, the roof like they always do when someone's on the top of the car. But, of course, it misses Spartan. Then he opens the door up, and uh, uh, Phoenix opens the door to try and shoot Spartan off the top, but uh, Spartan grabs his arm. And then they start roll, rolling around in the driver's seat, and uh, the door gets torn off, and the machine gun flies out of his hand. Spartan and him fight for a bit, and uh, for some reason, Phoenix feels the need to tell Spartan some exposition and tells him that all the hostages from the beginning of the movie were already dead. And then Spartan throws him out of the car, um, and then the computer, but the computer that drives the car is damaged, and it's the, it starts flying out of control the car. Self-drive. Yeah. Self-drive now. Self-drive now, you Mickey Mouse piece of shit. And it jumps into a fountain. Because he's like, break, break, break. Jumps into a huge fountain outside the police station, but before it crashes, uh, it fills up with some kind of foam, hardening foam. Huxley runs over. Yeah, it looks like whipped cream just explodes into the car, but then it's... I like how we explained it. All of a sudden, this car became a cannoli. (laughs) (laughs) Huxley runs over... It's wrecked, and uh, he, he pulls himself out of this foam shit, and then she goes, wow, you look like a mess. And he looks at his shirt, and there's holes in it, and he goes, oh, I can fix it with some needle and thread. <laughs> Did I just say that? <laughs> shit! <laughs> so the police all pour out of the station to arrest Spartan, uh, just as Dennis Leary and his Morlocks roll out. And they, all, uh, they all tell the chief of police to piss off, and that. They're ready to leave. Chief yells at Huxley. She says, you can take this job and shovel it. Take this job and shovel it. Yeah. Close Close enough. enough. (laughs) So back at Cocteau's, he and Phoenix are talking. Uh, He's impressed at how people are so terrified of Phoenix. And uh, this time, Cocteau can rebuild everything. A perfect colony. Phoenix is tired of hearing that this shit is... All this utopia shit is bullshit. Neil aims his gun at him, but he still can't kill him. So he says, ah, fuck that. And he throws it to a friend of his, Jesse the Body. Mm-hmm. And says, Would you him. kill him, please? And he does. Welcome to the podcast, Jesse the Body Ventura. <laughs> he says, put another log on the fire. And they burn him up. They, well, not alive. I guess he's dead. Yeah, he's probably they dead. burn him up. And I, from what I understand, the burning body smells real bad. It's I can a- imagine 
It's supposed to smell like barbecue. Uh, no, burnt hair is just yeah, smells real true. bad. Associate Bob though immediately volunteers <laughs> himself to the new regime. This guy switched. no dumb. He's like, look, I, I am happy to help you build a new society <laughs> the way you want it. Greetings and salutations. Yeah. Which, you know, the guy wrote Heathers, so he says, uh, Christian Slater says in Heathers. Mm-hmm. And Rob Schneider says in this. Yep. So Spartan and Huxley head into Cocteau's. They're jumped by Phoenix's thugs. Spartan beats his guy down. And surprisingly, Huxley knows how to fight, too. She beats her guy down. And Spartan's taken aback by that and asks where she learned that. She says, Jackie Chan movies. He's like, hmm, okay. But then uh, Spartan's bad guy jumps back up and Huxley shoots him with a revolver dead. This person has died by my hand. It was either him or us. He's like, yep. She's like, oh, well, you're right. (laughs) Inside Cocteau's office, they find his burned remains and uh, Phoenix's plan to thaw out 80 other killers from the Cairo prison. Jeffrey Dahmer, we got to get him. (laughs) What's funny is he was dead by the time this movie came out. Yeah. But I guess he wasn't. Yeah, he wasn't dead when they shot it. (laughs) So, uh, but they're, uh, Spartan and Huxley are getting ready to go in. And uh, Spartan uses the knockout stick on Huxley to protect her. And then leaves by himself. In the prison, Otho's helping Phoenix out. Um, within the hour, all the convicts she'll awaken. Jeffrey Dahmer is one of them. Yeah. Yeah, he's hungry. Yeah. <laughs> Hope he likes Taco Bell. Uh, all the scientists are running around helping with all this. One of them is your, your buddy. Dan Cortez. Yeah. As in a double roll. Do you think you got double pay for this? Welcome back to the podcast. Probably not. Welcome back to the podcast from about an hour ago. Yeah. Welcome back to the movie. <laughs> and uh, then Simon Phoenix says thank you and just shoots them all with a machine gun and kills them all. It's like your services are no longer needed. Yeah. They do not have plot armor, so he actually hits his target this time. <laughs> it's amazing. Spartan pulls up. He puts on his black beret from the beginning of the movie and runs his muscle car. Should have been a raspberry bed. beret. You know, the kind you buy at a secondhand store. <laughs> I'm familiar. <laughs> but now the computer says there's only 10 minutes until they all wake up. <laughs> Spartan and Phoenix start shooting it out again. Um, obviously not hitting anything. Uh, while jumping back and forth, Phoenix uses a large claw machine to grab Spartan and pick him up. Like the kind, um, the kind you would use to get a toy out of the vending machine. I bet, he was, toy store. I bet he got so many toys at the grocery store. Yeah. <laughs> um, Phoenix swings the, claw, the crane arm back and forth and back and forth and just shoots randomly at him. Da-da, and he's just randomly shooting at him. Yeah. This guy watched me James Bond movies. Like, he's fucking with his food. Stop it. That's a dog, I think. Oh, we have a guest. <laughs> it's the dog. <laughs> surprised when the door opened. Anyway. So eventually Phoenix is shooting at him. It hits a pressure line on the crane that apparently the crane's powered by cold too for some reason. Ice nine. And uh, the broken line starts spraying <laughs> freezing <laughs> freeze everywhere. <laughs> and he aims it towards the claw and shatters the claw to get out of it. Phoenix picks up uh, the cutting laser from earlier and aims it at Spartan, starts slicing up stuff around the area, but then it starts to sputter, and he smashes it against the side, now it shoots lightning. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that makes sense. 
Maybe he's secretly a Highlander. Always check for the lightning setting. Uh, oh, sparkles. <laughs> Spartan runs and, and dives and screams. He does that about every 15 minutes. Yeah. Or uh, Phoenix and Spartan run. Uh, they start brawling together. Uh, Phoenix starts beating up Spartan with his uh, with a chain. And we have a pretty good throwdown. Phoenix seems to be winning, uh, but Spartan's definitely getting some good hits here and there. He's rocky, motherfucker. Spartan mm-hmm. sees that little blue dot canister that freezes stuff from earlier. What did you say it was? Ice 6? Ice 9. Ice 9. And uh, goes to grab it and Phoenix and to hit Phoenix with it, but Phoenix gets uh, kicks him. And then grab some rebar, like a sharpened piece of rebar, and is going to run Spartan through with this it. This is the best day of my life. But Spartan slams the canister on the floor, unleashing the freeze dot everywhere. Is it cold in here? Is it me? Good memory. Mm-hmm. And Phoenix is frozen solid, but just before it touches Spartan, he jumps up to the claw above him. And then when the cycles through the the cold cycles through the room, he lets go and falls to the ground. So he misses the little cold wave that goes through everything. <laughs> then he kicks uh, Phoenix's head off. And it hits the ground and shatters. And his head falls off his body <laughs> and then shatters. He will not be in Demolition Man yeah. 2. It's pretty good. Um, there was actually, um, they were going to make a sequel. Demolition. Or a prequel about the um, about the hunt for Simon Phoenix. Hmm. Ooh, Back Demolition in the Man 90s. 2, the hunt for Simon Phoenix. I'd go see <laughs> it that. It would have been set in the past. A prequel. I'd, I'd go see that. Yeah. Then afterwards, the whole uh, place starts to blow up, Evil Lair style. Spartan runs and yells again because it's been 15 minutes and the whole place <laughs> explodes. Demolition man style. <laughs> Outside, the police chief wants to know where Phoenix is. Spartan says he's history. And so is the Cairo prison. Uh, so Cocteau, so is Cocteau. Chief is scared. What will we, how will we live? What will we do? He says, you'll figure it out. Just then, Dennis Leary pops up with Alfredo Garcia. <laughs> who switched sides. Yeah, who switched sides and he goes, fucking A. <laughs> Um, Huxley shows up a little late. She's, uh, you know, been knocked unconscious. Uh, and she takes little, this really well. A little pissed off, but she understands. Spartan snatches her up and kisses her. And she's like, wow, are all fluid transfers this good? <laughs> you baby ain't yet. <laughs> and then she grabs Spartan and kisses him. So I guess this it's is not quite as creepy. This is the scene um, when... If she's into it. When yeah. Edgar Friendly comes running up with everybody, there's yeah, a yeah. girl away to the right. That's supposed to be his daughter. Oh, is that right? Yeah, that's where his daughter is. So you see her. Because sub, there was a, a subplot where he beats his daughter, and amazingly, she was not impressed with him because... There's a subplot where Spartan beats his daughter? Meets. Not beats. Oh, oh, meets. 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 His daughter. <laughs> this is the second time he's brought this up. <laughs> yeah. Shh. But I thought you said beats. Now he beats like, his meat. Now he, be- <laughs> he meets his beat. He meets his beats. Meets his but, match. Yeah, this is the scene where you see who that is. Okay. So that actress got paid a whole bunch of money to have like a part, and hey. then was just like cut out. Like she told all her friends, "I'm in this movie. I'm gonna meet the love I'm Joey Tribbiani's butt. Yeah, and then they cut it out, and he, she had to be like, "Oh look, there's me." Yep. Should have done more. I mean, standing she got there. paid speaking role, important character money. Yeah, but hey, you know that actress. Yeah, me neither. So this is the peak of her I fucking fame. I'm not sorry if you're listening, the actress that played his daughter. I didn't even notice you in the movie. Oh. <laughs> Should have done more smell the fart. She, she didn't even couldn't even get a SAG card for this because she didn't get a speaking role. Ooh. She might lose her health insurance. So anyway, Spartan says he's gonna like it, like the future. He just wants to know one thing. How the damn show work? He nah. does not want to know that. I like how he he's, he tells the police chief and. Edgar Friendly, because he's like, what are we going to do? And Edgar Friendly's like, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to get Cuban cigars. It's out of fucking Cincinnati. And we're going to, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he goes, whoa, 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 stop. 
why don't you get a little a little dirty you a lot clean and you'll figure it out yeah he's like somewhere in between both of you guys and why in this utopia okay so cocteau's dead but the people but there's no one else in any kind of power structure that we're just gonna have the the troglodyte and then the chief of police <laughs> who's actually evil <laughs> who wants it to go back to being evil mm. so the and the the solution the end alright the end the yeah. end no post credit flatulency no I checked and it sucks because on our copy of it after the credits there's like this stuff starts to happen it's just a logo for some bullshit mm-hmm. but I thought it was like an after credits I was like oh, all this time I, I thought there was an after it was, it was bullshit logo. and then we get the closing credits song was by Sting yes that song was terrible. Yeah, <laughs> the name of the song was Demolition Man, it's and it was real, not real written bad. for this movie. No, oh. his song was like from the early '80s, like a beast. I do. I think in the trivia it said that the that song inspired, kind of inspired this movie, like just the Demolition Man name kind of inspired this. I was like, oh my god, is this a song you're gonna pick? He's like, I don't know. I was like, this is bad. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hope he picks fucking the Jolly Green Giant. Jingle. Oh, I was gonna pick Arm Rock. <laughs> anyway, what'd you think, Carla? Boom. Oh, hey. You get the My first. favorite character was John Spartan. Mm. My least favorite character was Urban, which is Rob Schneider. I just don't like Rob Schneider. Fair enough. And he annoyed me because just his face annoys me. I don't know. It's just, I just is don't like him. Face? I don't like him. <laughs> like his face. Uh, my favorite line <laughs> was, Chief, you can take this job and shovel it. And shovel. he says, take this job and shovel it. And she says, yeah. And he says, Close enough. <laughs> it's a good line. My favorite scene. I didn't pick one before we started. I you better come up with one quick. I know. Good thing there's no preparation. <laughs> like, I'll oh. go with the final fight scene with the claw. The claw. <laughs> My favorite tertiary object was the future police uniforms. They look very comfy. <laughs> with the jumpers? <laughs> well, the, the men have like these big, like fucking Those horse riding pants. Those are jumpers. <laughs> Thanks. But, but then the, the girls wearing spandex. <laughs> like they're, tight spandex. They're comfy at like, work, though. I hope she's, you know, she's, she's got some underwears on. This. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm including the stun batons because I like those as well. Mm. My favorite futurism is mellow greetings what seems to be your boggle <laughs> it's mostly the boggle yeah. <laughs> is that, that trying to figure out how we were going to talk in 30 years <laughs> i guess that was everything Maybe. yeah i was telling tony after we watched this For that, sure. that, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. okay sure and that um this is one of those movies that everybody enjoys but it's not because it's a good movie <laughs> This movie's kind of crap, but it's fun and it's enjoyable, and I'm gonna yay it. <laughs> it's kind of crap, but I'm not. okay. Strong. You put that on the box. <laughs> kind of crap, but you like but it. Enjoyable. But you like it. <laughs> but you like it. Yay. Okay, so my favorite character is Simon Phoenix. My least favorite character is the evil Chief George Earl. <laughs> my favorite the evil Chief George Earl. My favorite scene is Simon goes to the museum. Oh, I I thought about that when I was trying to narrow down my scenes. <laughs> my favorite line is um, it's exchange between the evil chief and Dennis Leary because the chief said, "You use those weapons of mass destruction against men and women who uphold the law," and he and Dennis Leary says, "We use these weapons to shop for groceries," <laughs> which always makes well, me. Well, he said, "What's best about it?" He goes, "We use this to shop for groceries." 
dick. <laughs> but he says dick after he turns away from him. <laughs> so, such a great delivery. Um, my, I thought that was ad-libbed. Yeah. <laughs> my uh, favorite futurism is resonate some understanding. <laughs> I like that too. It was real good. <laughs> And uh, my favorite tertiary object is Simon Phoenix's Beetlejuice pants, which I even wrote down Simon's Beetlejuice nice. pants. So when you said that earlier, nice. it made me want to laugh. Awesome. Um, this movie is a good time, and Elaine likes a good time, even if the good time is kind of a mess. So <laughs> I'm going to yay it. <laughs> All right. Did you have hammer pants growing up? I did. No, I did. I did. There was a Christmas where all three of us got hammer Well, not like the excessive ones, but like... <laughs> Beetlejuice no, pants. I didn't have hammer pants growing up. But when I was in the 10th grade in a white elephant gift exchange in my Spanish class, I did receive a pair of fish pants that were... Um, turquoise and had tropical fish all Did over them. you still them. have those? <laughs> and they were like the Joey Buttafuoco pants. Wow. <laughs> See, where I was James. from, everybody had those because that's where I'm from. <laughs> Joey Buttafuoco, yeah, that, that was remote. Yeah. And I did keep them for a, me- for a number of years because they were pretty comfortable to wear around the house. Those are amazing pants, by the way, if you ever had a pair. <laughs> all right, so now it's my turn. My, my favorite character, um, I really... I'm going to go with Edgar Friendly because he was the most fun. Okay. But in my heart, it's Simon Phoenix. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, my least favorite character is Kato. Mm-hmm. He's kind of a dick. Um, my favorite scene is when Simon Phoenix gets to the Be Well station and he's talking and he's like, beep, yeah. you know, fuck you. And he's like, he's like, what is this? Fuck you. And throws a thing <laughs> and that whole scene and the yeah. police come up and he's and like, ooh, there's seven of you. I'm so scared. <laughs> They're like... Uh, they're like, your repeated use of profanity has caused us to call the police. But like, they were already wow. on their way. Yeah. He's like, they're like, fast. He goes, fuckers are fast, too. <laughs> beep, beep. Just throw it out. That whole scene is my favorite scene. Um, my favorite futurism. Can it be a hand gesture? Sure. Because when, the, yeah, when they're, they're about the to, to, to get them, they do the high five, but don't touch and then move their yeah. hands. And then the one cop comes to do it to Simon or to... To John, to and John, he, he grabs like, him and he's like, slaps him. He's like, yeah, what's up, buddy? He's like in the background, he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> he touched me. See, now this is how you know it was in the past because if this was in the future, he'd be Purell in the hell out of himself. Yeah, that's true. So, <laughs> that's not a thing yet. Um, what did I forget? My uh, favorite line. Mm-hmm. Um, let's go blow this guy away. <laughs> blow this guy away. What's your whatever? Whatever. What's your favorite futurism? I just said the, that. The handshake. Hand oh. I said, can I use a hand signal? Oh, I thought that was your favorite tertiary object. My mistake. No. No, my favorite. I haven't done my favorite tertiary object yet. <laughs> <laughs> uh, my favorite tertiary object is actually mm, really hard to pick. I'm going to go with the iPad that's in the picture frame. <laughs> it was so crap. Stallone's wedding photo? Stallone's <laughs> <laughs> <Yes. laughs> Nielsen's wedding frame. Because it's an iPad, and they had a Skype call, and it was like, oh, they FaceTimed. Look at that. Way to go. They nailed it. But... Except for the, the frame around is like two inches. Yeah, it's it, close. You might be able to put a bigger screen on there. You cut down on that frame a little. Yeah, <laughs> close. Um, so that's everything for me. Uh, I will give this movie a yay. I really enjoyed it. When you said you picked it for my birthday, I was like, yay. <laughs> and I knew I'd enjoy it. Okay. Uh, for me, my favorite character is John Spartan. Least favorite character is Cocteau. My favorite scene was the Hall of Violence. My favorite line is greetings and salutations. Nice. Because it's Heather's. a callback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Favorite tertiary object is the Lethal Weapon 3 poster. And my favorite futurism 
was resonate some understanding. Mm-hmm. So Elaine snatched it, but then it was going to be what's your boggle? But Carly snatched it. So you knew I was going to do it. I had a well, as soon as he I'm said sorry, it, Tony. So it's going to be. It's going. Wait, what the hell did he say? You you dirty meat eater. <laughs> <laughs> Look, Future f- insults is what Look, you're saying. You can't use curse words the way they insult each other yeah. without saying anything. You just bad. need to enhance your calm about the fact <laughs> that we just <laughs> <don't want> to <laughs> enhance my enhance your calm was my backup if you didn't yeah. use the hand gesture. As soon as the line about the boggle was said in the movie, I said, "There's my favorite line." Yeah. Or, "There's your, my favorite uh, futurism." I'm gonna start asking Carla time. What's your boggle? <laughs> What's your boggle? And of course, oh yeah, it's me. Well, you have made your own movies before. I have. But. All right. Not this one. Well, Carly. Hey, please find us on Facebook.com slash the underappreciated movie podcast on Twitter at unmovie podcast on Instagram at unmovie podcast songs. You can email unmovie podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening to Tony's longest episode ever. I know. <laughs> We're over two hours, folks. <laughs> to be, it's not really Tony's fault. We all kept jumping in on him. Yeah, like, I, I noticed about halfway through. That we were all just jumping his yeah. shit. Because we, we don't have a lot to say. <laughs> we were only halfway through the movie, and I looked, and we were at an hour 30, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, already that's a long one for Tony. Because <laughs> usually if it's a longer episode, it's because, you know, someone's jumping, or two, but this was all three of us, just yeah, well, where Tony couldn't get through. So that's hopefully right. everybody enjoys it, and hopefully they will tune in for uh, next week. Next week. Back to our regularly scheduled program. <clears throat> next week. <laughs> on the podcast. Is Carly's pick? <laughs> <laughs> we did that terribly. We are doing Someone Like You with Ashley Judd and Hugh Jackman. 2001. So, now who's in that? Ashley Judd and Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Leaf Schreier, I think. Wolverine. All right, well, bye.